0: Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get you today? Hi, she'll have the quarter pounder with cheese, extra mustard, no pickles. and I'll have a 10-piece chicken McNuggets. And two, and two sides, sides of ranch, please.
1: The we've done this before meal. Get it at
0: McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Hey, everybody. Welcome to unofficially unofficial. No, this is official. This is as official as bald move gets. It's from the horse's mouth. It's our Q&A Ten million podcast download extravaganza. We've officially crossed
2: ten million downloads. Uh, like two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, was it? It's was a while. We're almost at eleven now. Uh, we're like ten point seven. Well, I know it's that's an insane amount. More than I ever would have guessed that it's we'd get an to an
0: insane amount. Considering like our average podcast length is in the fifty to sixty megabyte range. Like that is just yeah. an inconceivable number of bits to flow. We should try
2: and calculate how many how many bits we've pushed.
0: I actually did back way back when, how many terabytes that we had pushed so far, Whew. but like now, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's an easy calculation.
2: Shall I do it? No. Okay. No, that would take up too much time.
0: So we've done a couple of these before. Uh, I know we did one for our first, uh, what was it the Kickstarter? yeah I as we re- did as a reward i think we did one for a five million celebration mm-hmm. uh someone called us out on reddit for an ama that we did and i'm going to yeah, i'm
2: shocked that we got an ama what i didn't the it, hell? It had
0: several hundred upvotes and responses
2: and, and... it was allowed to happen yeah <laughs> like
0: we did an AMA, ama weird that was really fun uh i'm going to link all of those to this this podcast uh, it's also a video format, so if you uh, click through to baldmove.com, you can actually see us in our studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, for general kind of origin story type stuff, you can go to baldmove.com slash about. So if you want to yeah. know, like, the particulars of us growing up or how we started Bald Move and why it's called Bald Move, all that stuff is answered there. Uh, and we also have some studio stuff, too, if you want to know what equipment we use. So with all those frequently oh, yeah. asked questions, let's get to the the, the meat of it. Uh this was the first question we got from Jake. Have Jim and Aaron ever engaged in fisticuffs? So many years of friendships, debates, arguments, has anything physical ever broken out? This is the most pressing question on the
2: listeners' mind. I, I, the first thing to come in. Oh, Q&A. I got a question yeah, for. Yeah, af- yeah, after listening to hundreds of hours of Bald Move, you guys ever thrown down? No. No, no that never, would that would laid go hands on Jim. So badly for me. Real badly. I mean, you've taken boxing classes. You're about Six inches taller than me, at least a hundred pounds heavier. Yeah, that would not it's work. Out one of those things where it's my like, favor. if I did, I'd feel like
0: a bully. And if yeah. you happen to manage to beat me, like you do in every <laughs> other fucking thing, <laughs> You'd then feel real bad. there's no coming back from that. Yeah. There's yeah. no coming back from that. So. If I was in the
2: studio saying, "I will beat your ass again," <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like right
0: now, that's my one edge in the debates. Like you're, you're smarter, you're a, you're a more logical thinker. I've always got the and implied of threat true. of violence. None of that is true. The implied threat but. of violence sometimes carries the day. But no, I no. no, we have definitely had arguments, certainly, yeah, and furious debates, but sure, uh, yeah, like, I, I, like once in a year we get into a almost screaming match, yeah uh that happens
2: but, but the thing is
0: it's like you got to understand that we both care deeply about this not just from the fact that this is our livelihood because that's also something but also like we sure. we're kind of idealistic in how we always set out to run a business so whenever we're talking about new initiatives we have to think you know it's you me and the listeners in the room and how's that going to be perceived and you know yeah. There is no right or wrong answers when you're trying to do things that no one else has done before, like our set pricing on perks and club stuff. And mm-hmm.
2: But it's also super, super personal. And there's like, the pressure of this has got to work or we're going back to regular jobs that we may or may not be qualified for sure. anymore, right? Like, I'll be 40 next
0: year. I can't go back to programming.
2: Yeah. The, the young ones will run me out of the tribe. So there's always the pressure to get it right, and that, that leads to some arguments every sure. once in a while. And like the thing, you know, when you
0: have two, I mean, that's that's the the, the curse of being 5050 partners is you when you have a difference of opinion, you have to bring the other guy to the table because the other I mean, it's essentially every initiative is dead unless you get both people to buy into it. Yeah. And you might think that th- is the greatest and it's obvious thing to do. And the other guy's like, eh, I don't want to do it or I think that's dumb or I think that's bad for the company you've got to either change their mind or you don't. So, um, that's also one of the good things about it too. Uh, that it, you have to barter and negotiate and make, I think that's what forces you to think about it a lot. What usually happens is like, if we have a Titanic battle, we'll let it go for a week and then we'll come back, and we'll have independently worked on some kind of compromise, or you know
2: what we both. I thought about. It, I don't really care that much about it. I'm going to let you do this crazy thing. Or we both realize that we both care so much about our particular side of it that neither one is going to win, and therefore we have to compromise. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have to come together and figure out something that both of us can participate in. Uh, but no, no physical fights. That would be uh, that would be a folly of. Uh, that, that would be a comedic folly on my part.
0: It's funny because I have fought, like I was thinking, I have fought some of my friends and like my brother when we're all a pro... I think yeah, if brothers fight. Like Ace Jace and I fought, but we're also a very even match physically. Mm, yeah, so I think that's like, if, if amongst relatively even matched friends, I feel like that fighting, and it's not like I tried to hurt him. It's just more like you just get in a fight. Yeah, pushing and wrestling and... yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some, maybe some punches were thrown, but they weren't like, you know, knock your teeth out or, or hit you, beat you until you can't walk kind of fights.
2: Yeah. Until your legs don't work. Until so your legs don't work. Yeah. That's the other thing, right? Like, you're a few years older than me. So if we ever would have been about the same size, it wouldn't mm. have been about the same time. Mm. And so, like, there's no age at which a fight is <laughs> beneficial for me at all. No. Nah. More of a lover than a fighter, in anyway. In, in yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Jim F. has a question, mm-hmm. and they're kind of related. Two questions. What is the longest amount of time you've each gone without using the internet? And also, favorite vacation spots?
2: Oh, they are related. Uh, recently. It's Beaver Island, man. Went to Beaver Island, Michigan. Yeah, I, I don't know since I was, what, 12? and the Got on yeah. the internet, if uh-huh. I've ever been without it for more than a week. Mm-hmm. Then on Beaver Island, I was almost entirely without the internet. I mean, every once in a while, you'd go into town, and you'd get...
0: 4 Spotty
2: LTE. 4G would roll in. Yeah. And you'd go, oh my God, I've got internet. And you uh-huh. go Google searching everything your mind can think of. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been a, about a week is the longest. Yeah, I, it's about
0: that. I remember one time a couple of years back, I did it as an experiment. I went. Um, hmm,
2: I did the same thing.
0: I went a month without the internet. Oh, but here's the I thing. didn't do that. My job was a developer. Mm-hmm. So like I had rules that I could do job related stuff on the clock. Yeah. And but that's almost like cheating. Like it would be interesting to just and now I can't do that, obviously. No. Um it'd We're be interesting mean. to unplug. I will say that it immediately slows your life down. Yeah. In in kind of a good way. You
2: have more time for everything.
1: For and you're more present. Things. Like as yeah. right
0: now it's like my brain is to the point where if I have to wait for five seconds. Mm-hmm instead of just like oh, I'll be alone with my thoughts whip out and and go on reddit or check facebook or whatever
2: yeah so uh, as far as favorite vacation spots i i really love chicago chicago's a great city yep um i feel like that's less of a vacation and more of just like a place where i feel comfortable and go it, mm. it doesn't feel like a vacation when i'm there it feels like a road kind of trip or something home. Yeah, a, a vacation for me is like the Smoky Mountains. Smoky Mountains are one of my favorite places to go. Go down to like Gatlinburg, Tennessee, rent a cabin, stay in the woods for a week or so. That's really awesome. I love that. Yeah, I like that too. Um, honestly, I like
0: um, I like Beaver Island, like I mentioned. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know, that's an island chain that's in the middle of the uh, lake in, in the middle of Lake Michigan. And I've gone for a couple of years now. Uh, we went twice last like year. Five t- years yeah probably I
2: first because you've, you've been there a lot yeah. I have
0: my, my my girlfriend Cecily's uh parents owned a spot on the island when she was growing up that they've nice. since given up uh so she had this like you know this little favorite spot of hers that she introduced me into and and every time i go we go back, we do something different, like you know we'll do something bigger. like the time before we went with you guys is we went camping and we only took our bikes across the ferry. <laughs> so we biked everywhere on the island as a kind of fitness challenge. And next year, we're going to take my dad's sail. He's got a 14-foot sailboat. We're going to tow across the ferry and then kind of explore the you're island. not just going to sail over there? Not on a 14-foot, no. It's what,
2: 35 Something miles? Something like
0: 35-ish miles across fairly treacherous. I mean, you can get a storm blow up and nothing flat. And I'm not going to be in the middle of that thing in 600 Six-foot feet chop. of water. And, yeah. Yeah, no fucking way. <laughs> But, yeah, I'll sail the hell uh, between those islands once I get there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like Indiana Dunes National Park. Uh, it's a really nice place to go camping. Uh, I like Okaloosa Island in Florida. It's in the Redneck Riviera, the crotch of Florida, if you will. Mm. I went to uh, Sanibel Island
2: one time. That was awesome.
0: I've heard of that, but I've never actually been. It's out in. by the Keys. Um, I have I really like going to Quebec City in Canada uh the old cities like one of those old european walled cities and everyone speaks french and it's cobblestone streets and you can you can kind of forget you're still in the americas
2: uh i've never been outside the continent unfortunately i've been and i've never honestly been that far outside of this country like i went to tijuana which is barely outside of san diego when i lived there and then i went to windsor ontario canada Mm. which is like barely outside of detroit so like Ontario is kind of the it's most kind of like I haven't been of out of the,
0: US. the Canadian provinces, I feel like. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a real shithole.
1: <laughs> whoa. Whoa, whoa. I don't we, know about that. We
2: went up there to go gambling because one of my friends in college wasn't old enough to gamble here, uh-huh. so we went up there to drink and gamble. Uh, and then
0: also another favorite spot is Deals Gap, North Carolina, which is up in the Smokies, and it's a hmm. motorcycle vacation because uh, there's a bunch of fantastic road. There's windy. the Cherokee Skyway, which was a, a highway that's actually on the ridge of a mountain. Uh, line. It's it's like, I don't know, 5,000 feet high or something like that. And then, uh, uh, of course, the Dragon, which is like 311 curves and 8 miles. It's, <laughs> there's some insane roads. They're all just beautiful. But yeah, that's that's the my most favorite vacation spots. Uh, Alex M. wants to know if you could play yourself as a peripheral character in any TV or movie universe, which universe would you choose and why?
2: Oh, man.
0: I chose Firefly because... That's a cool one. It... I you know it it it's I like the the feeling of the old west and I like the outer space the fact that you can fly from planet to planet mm, yeah yeah and getting adventures and kind of like there's still that you know that's everyone's said that uh, that's the curse of our generation we're born too late to explore the earth and too soon to explore the stars like Firefly is that sweet spot
2: yeah we're getting there with the stars <laughs> we're getting there. It'll be a while. I'm not getting getting it now. I've resigned. I'm not going to outer
0: space. Well, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Okay. Damn it. I'm not going to get to outer space. What's (laughs) yours?
2: Man, so it's got to be something where peripheral characters have decent outcomes, right? It can't be like Game of Thrones. That'd be the worst, maybe. Uh, It's something where I wouldn't wouldn't be be instantly killed, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like I'd fare pretty well in a Mad Men universe, given that, you know, I'm a oh. straight white male in the 60s. Sure. That's probably a fairly good outcome there. Yep. Uh, I feel like, maybe, but, but you know, that's not very interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Halt and catch fire? That might be a cool one because you'd, be, you'd be in the technology. Yeah. The, yeah. I'd be like on the team that made, I'd be the guy who got fired from the team. It would be cool to be in the
0: Wozniak era Apple where you're oh, actually. Oh, hell yeah soldering circuit boards in a garage and writing you're code to bare metal. Home computers yeah that's amazing you're coming up you know you don't have standards and whatnot to follow you're just
2: for a techie like me that's that's like the dream so you're gonna is, is that your final answer halt and catch fire? yes yeah okay uh, <laughs>
0: but peripheral says yeah, i'm sidelined too so also, also a um this is a lot of people ask this when is the deluxe wire podcast coming Um, I don't know. Never. I do know that the, uh, season one of, uh, the season one of the true detective was kind of like a pilot for how we would make that stuff work, but it was only a partial success because we actually, we sat out to get interviews with like police officers and, uh, college professors and psychologists and, And, and we weren't able to execute on any of that stuff. And that's what I want to do with the wire. Like I want to get these, you know, some of these contacts I've actually made and have signaled that they're willing to help me out on this. I got to find a way to do that within our work process and our work our our workflow. That's why I say never. (laughs) Yeah. It's a huge project. It is a huge project. And we, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, We're, we're not great at executing on huge uh, open-ended projects with no determinate deadlines on it. Yeah, and it's not a money thing. It's not a time thing. It's, it's just, a
2: procrastination yeah. and motivation and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm not saying it's never going to happen, but I just, I, I can't, I can't promise. Um. Every time we got a big gap in our schedule, I start thinking like, okay, well, maybe this is the time that I should, I should buckle down and do it. And I'm going to be a little bit more cognizant of trying to carve those times out rather than looking to fill it, which is what we usually do. Um, okay, Tom from Volkswagen. Uh, this is a question for the quote-unquote smart one. I don't oh, remember. oh, so me? Okay, yeah, that's yeah. you. Okay, well,
2: I, I expected us
0: to argue about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I just gave it up. I'm, I'm the brute. I mean, obviously, and you're the brains. Obviously, he's addressing me. Come on. Uh, he wants to know for a question from the smart one. What is your co hosts most annoying trait? Ha. <laughs> You didn't answer this last time. I I answered it, and then after I answered it, you
2: said, "Oh, I don't, I don't know," and I felt like a giant asshole. I've got one. All right, do it. Uh, being I'm trying to figure out how to term this: being constantly vaped upon, mm. like you're you're a vapor. Mm-hmm. You you like to vape, and this room is small. And so I picked up vaping for my
0: girlfriend. She used it to quit smoking cigarettes. It's a silly cigarettes. thing. It's so and silly. I don't even vape nicotine. I just do it because it helps me think. So when I'm considering email, compiling f- email, or reading Reddit theories, I tend to be on you this side vape. of the table. I, I chain vape, yeah. yeah. And, and, and he's got a fan pointed. All of it. All of all it rolls of it. <laughs> across. <laughs> if
2: I'm being honest, all of it rolls across. Yeah, and it just, I don't know. It's, it's one thing. you want me c- to
0: stop, because I'll stop for you, Jim.
2: Oh, you'll stop for me.
0: Uh, is this a re- this is this is something that's going you know just going to end the empire I, I've never
2: said anything.
0: No, you've said it a couple times. Kind but i Yeah, but kind of in the same way that like you fart and I'll be like Jesus Christ, stinky one or
2: like what did you eat broccoli last night? But I understand why people fart. I don't understand why they vape. <laughs> but you vaped before I vaped, motherfucker. And I quit like So you did it just almost to quit immediately smoking, and then you quit. No, I i never really smoked that much. Well, why did you start vaping then? Cuz I thought it was going to be cool. And then I tried it for, I don't know, a couple of weeks and was like, meh, don't really huh. like it. I just can't get enough of the robot cock. Apparently not. That's what it is. Yeah.
0: So do you want me to it, stop? It doesn't. I, I didn't know. even bring my vape today. I'm kind of getting, honestly,
2: I'm kind of getting over it. I don't know. We should put it up to a listener vote. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck uh, that. It doesn't bother me that much, but it's definitely the most annoying thing throughout my day. Okay. I'm like, well, oh so God, bad. I'm getting... I could just
0: stop doing that.
1: All
2: right.
0: How bad is it annoying now if I just continue to do it though, knowing that I could stop at any time,
2: <laughs> and that I've brought it up
0: and yeah, it's a sure. it's a point uh-huh. of conflict? Uh-huh. That now well, it's that's super that's
2: yeah more egregious for sure. Uh,
0: last time I said I don't understand how you value time or money. That continues to be the case. Yeah, I I don't
2: understand it either.
0: For so. example, we were just having this conversation last week. You're like, oh, Cities XL is twenty dollars on Steam. Ah, oh, you know, I'm almost out of money this month. I can't I can't justify that. Literally the next day. Oh, it's just on sale for fifteen bucks. i think about getting that. I'm like, how can five dollars on s-
2: sway your decision? I also wanted to do some streaming of it. I, I got a good video out of it. A Ron's hole. <laughs> there you hole. go. A Ron's hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that
0: continues to that continues to be something. I I, I yeah, study Jim. I study me, too. I study Jim to try to figure out because he goes through these like obsessive patterns. Oh yeah of things that you do and you get really into it. And then sometimes it sticks with you. Sometimes it doesn't. And I study you like an anthropologist to try to figure out what do all these patterns mean? Are you keeping what logs? What type of person? Yeah. Like journaling my. Notes. You haven't noticed? <laughs> no. I've, I'm all, I've, i built a blind your Maybe I'm in so concerned about the vapor. <laughs> that little, that little vase,
2: uh, plant thing you got <laughs> is just a blind for, for my studies. You're hunched down in there. Waiting, yeah. Waiting and watching like, uh, what's the gorilla lady? Jane Goodall. Jane Goodall, yeah. Uh Jessica O. One day I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> your your most annoying trade is you take half my money. That's yeah. That's yeah. by
0: far like Jesus. Jesus. Really? <laughs> You're gonna take half? Half of this? What is this? A fifty fifty partnership? <laughs> what did <is> this <sighs> I must have been drunk when I signed those paperwork? Yep. Uh Jessica O says, Congrats. As fellow podcasters, I'd like to know
2: how did you know you had the potential to make this full time? So we accidentally started making money. Yep. Uh, with an Amazon link. Because we got to the where the bandwidth was approaching several hundred dollars a month. Because we screwed up. Like, we decided, oh, we're going to do this all through S3, and we're going to host our but own I don't know shit. I do we screwed up, but, like, some of this stuff
0: was, like, so new. Like, lib- like it's not... Yeah. Like, today, it's like, I'd tell someone, go to Libsyn. go oh, if you yeah. want to host a podcast professionally, go to Libsyn. They'll mm-hmm. fix you up. That wasn't, like, an obvious thing. You still had the Podbean, and, like, and that. that's solution true, still. Yeah. And there's, like, a bunch of free stuff,
2: and... We got burnt on a couple of those um, with the reliability and stuff. So we went to S three, and then S three started getting too expensive, like a couple hundred bucks a month. And then we decided, oh, we got to put up this Amazon thing, and that yeah. kind Just of to see if kind we can of defray
0: because we can afford at the point we were both programmers, like we can afford a couple hundred bucks a month on this hobby. Well, not a big yeah. deal, but maybe we can maybe we can defray some of this cost with Amazon. Mm-hmm. And that thing over the next two years grew to where it was starting to pull in like a grand a month.
2: Yeah. And eventually, you know, we started doing some advertising and stuff and we got to the point where we're like, all right, this is approaching a salary that could support both of our lifestyles. But we also needed
0: the, the thing is like where because because we're not advertisers, we're not marketers. We had no plan to get more advertising. The advertising we get literally falls into our lap. Yeah. Um, so where are we going to make up the gap? Is like is would people actually pay us to podcast. And that's how the Kickstarters were born. Yeah, we did we just kind of That's a dip in the end like, okay, well, that scales to multiple shows and then then we can do it. And we looked at our – we spent all of 2014 – or no, 2013, like trimming down. Like I sold my house. I sold my car. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, pared down a whole bunch of stuff in my lifestyle. And we both kind of shrank to where this is as small as we can go. Um, th- this is as small as we can get. Uh, and then 2014, we had a debate. Like, we were really on the – like, should we just – because we didn't really – We thought we were going
2: to miss our opportunity given how many other podcasts are out there and stuff. We
0: weren't quite ready to do it full time. We didn't have the money in place. We didn't have the funding in place. But also, if we waited another year just doing a show a week, Mm -hmm. like, what if some other network comes and eats our lunch or blows up? So we decided to – Say, fuck it. We've got some savings. we got credit cards. We can self-fund, yeah. you know, because we did projections and, and all this stuff, and we actually projected running out of money six months into this uh-huh. and having
2: to kick in our way. And, but we didn't really project any advertising money, so yeah. that's helped, and, like, Club has been a fair success.
0: And we keep that, that's, as we keep this projection continually going, right now we're projected to run out of money uh, in Something October like in 2016. of 2016. Yeah. Which is a way... Which a year is, from now. But that's the thing. Like People might be like, oh my God, this is shocking. In October 2016, we might be projected to run out in February 2019. Or never. Depending. That's like yeah. if nothing changes right now, this is all the money we get and we never get any more. That's so... I feel like every single time that goes out a little bit further into the future, then then we're doing good. If it starts yeah. coming back into less into the future then then that's when we get kind of get gimped up sure we we had an honest debate like before game of thrones when we did this uh club balled move we're like and we had some n- real bad projections yeah we had some real bad projections and we're like man we could be calling this in june because neither one of us are going to go down you know i'm not going to cash out 100 of percent my 401k before you're not going to use every single one of your credit cards before yeah i'd be stupid and we had, like, you know, what are we going to do? It's like, well, let's get through Game yeah. of Thrones and, you know, The Walking Dead and see how it goes. And every, the club went better than expected.
2: Yeah, and that's where a lot of the tension um, came from. Uh, one of our bigger arguments came from, right? Sure. Like, that that idea of, what are we going to do with this club? Mm-hmm. What do we charge? How do we execute on it? Like, this I mean, that was kind a whole, of a last That
0: was ditch. a month of us butting heads about what the pricing should be, what the perks should be, should we have tiers, should we you know um, and it was
2: all predicated on that idea that w- this is this might be the last season that we yeah. get through. Yeah. We might get through Walking Dead and Game of Thrones and if this club doesn't work we're And we can't put people through yet another shop. migration to some other fucking funding because so we is you,
0: we were sick of it. We knew you guys were sick of it. So yeah. this is kind of do or die. And so far it's due uh we kind of talked about this what kind of projections did you make in terms of income for downloads slash number of club members to make it work or are there any other
2: metric income levels to make it a viable business yeah we didn't get super specific on that like oh here's how much we make on a club member here's like we kind of did but we've since done that but we had this idea that we needed x like we needed a, like fantastic success would be like yeah. 5,000 club members. Income per download. I would love to get that number, but it's so hard to come up yes. with.
0: Um, and and like a, we, 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 I think our baseline is we need a thousand club
2: members and we kind of like in between there, we've got how many now? No, we we needed, I mean, a dollar a month. We were saying, Oh, we need like 5,000 or something or 2,500. I think Was 2,500 the bare minimum. I think 5,000 so. was like the
0: over the moon projection we're
2: somewhere around 1,500 at the moment.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we also had a lot more advertising than we expected. And people
2: aren't just giving us a dollar a month sometimes. They're giving us, some people are giving us like $20 a month, which is insane, but yeah. But I mean, thank you. Right. And
0: also the commission podcast that we thought was just going to be like, oh, maybe two or three people a year. Yeah. The Dr. DeVito's of the world will do stuff like that. I can't Uh, believe how many we've gotten. We got 15 in the fucking hopper, man. And we've done at least that many. Uh, Yeah. So that
2: helped out. That helps out a ton. Yeah. So,
0: right, right now, state of the business is we are making enough money for Jim to do this indefinitely. Yes, because I have because I have less of a salary requirement, and essentially it's all because of my child support. Uh, so I'm probably another year away from not having to kick in money or, or or go into debt. But it's definitely trending in the right direction. Yeah, and who knows? Like, also we tend to do uh, pessimistic pro- projections, and I don't know how interesting on this purpose is to people. And by the way, we just got all of our paperwork and our accounting done for the tax year of last year. Mm-hmm. I intend to come up with a video that, like, shows all that.
2: We intended to do that last year, too. But,
0: yeah, but I'm, I'm saying that, like, we, I'm going to do it this year. Okay. Um, and, I, and I think it's going to also look back. Like, I want to show, like, every, like, here's what show we made in 2011, line, yeah. here's what we made in 2012, here's what we made in 2013, and just kind of show you, like, because I think it'll be, um, I don't know, I think it'll be surprising how little we, yeah. we, we make, but... Um,
2: I think so, yeah. Yeah, but my well, goal is not, so to replace, not,
0: not to replace my old programming salary. My goal is to just break even doing something that I
2: love that's a lot less stressful. Exactly. Working for myself has been such an amazing thing. Sure. Like, I I can't even tell you how amazing that is. So I think
0: that's the other question is, are you meeting your minimums to keep this going? It's like, essentially, like, I, I will... Close to it. If, if, if trends continue or accelerate, which they traditionally do, we usually do better than we think um, is that I will be profitable, you know, early to mid next year. And then I can start paying off some of these debts and stuff that I've accrued. And, and also we, yeah. uh, we've been waiting to get like two real years worth of tax returns so we can get some outside funding. Yeah. Um, get a,
2: Like a credit line or something.
0: Yeah. So then we can make up some of this personal debt and convert it to bald move debt, um, which is a lot easier to deal with.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've in the last year and a half blown through like, Fourteen thousand or something of, yeah. of like credit cards and savings and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, now I'm at the point where I'm actually going to make money each yes. month because we just got our salaries evened out and all that stuff. Yeah, and, but that's the thing. Like I have, but to my know. salary is so for much every smaller than you. That's the thing. Like we have to earn two bucks I for need. every more buck I need. Yes.
0: So that's another annoying thing about my co-host. He didn't have kids and <laughs> go through a messy divorce, so he's... So
2: what becomes your minimum requirement is, is profit is your, for me. As yeah. your, you're snorting, you know,
0: Coke off uh, hookers <laughs> with $100 bills when I'm breaking exactly, even. Exactly,
2: yeah. But, you know, the trade-offs, sacrifices. I have the love of a child. You do, How can yeah. you put the mon- any kind of money on that? Well, it's about $1,200 a month. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the
2: that's dollar figure, it turns out. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. Anything she says is there anything listeners can
0: do to help. I mean, I, I join the club. Like, yeah. if you want to pay more per month, you can. But like, I'm, uh, I'm the last person to tell you. Like, I've been poor back in my JW days when I was a firm believer and I was a pioneer and I got by working a part time job and preaching and knocking on doors. I didn't have shit to spend. You still are. Well, now you are. Well, I'm, like I'm, I'm having more fun. But um, yeah. So I know, like, if you don't have money, I certainly don't spend it on some dumbass podcasters. Yeah. Uh, but if you do like what we do and you want to see us succeed, then, um, you know, voting
2: with your wallet's is probably the best way. And we did make it as cheap as humanly possible.
0: That's that was our core principle. Like, yeah. uh, I don't want to gate anyone out of stuff that they want. And I wish I could I could give it away. We've debated about whether like to time gate this, like maybe after a year Rolling, I mean that's stuff that we're talking. I don't want to talk about, but I don't want everybody. it to. We
2: also don't want it to be so complicated that people check out of it. Yes, they're like, you know what? I don't understand this. So fuck it. Yeah, it's almost better to have just like this super low price. Yes, let everybody buy into this one thing that gets them everything, and they never have to worry about it. It is annoying because I really wanted to be a dollar a month, just straight up. But the credit card
0: can such such yeah. that you would not we would be lose not losing money, but. You know, the the proportion of money we'd k- keep for that one dollar. So that's why we make it if it's the minimum
2: price for a month is two dollars minimum price for a year is twelve. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can't afford twelve dollars a year, you probably don't have a computer and a smartphone to be listening to us anyway. Yeah, you're in bad. You're in bad shape. So continue to enjoy
0: our podcast for free. If you get some money sure. down the line, you get back on your feet, whatever, uh, you know, keep us in mind then. I think that's fair. Yeah uh Man b jim you mentioned watching one the borgia 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 shows a while back on one of the other lunches with jim and aaron which one are you watching the showtime series or the european one what did you think of it
2: it was a showtime series Uh, i get to
0: just sip rum during this
2: so i thought it was pretty good but i felt like it went off the rails once the pope went crazy uh (laughs) i don't know how that sounds to aaron but the pope goes crazy in that show Pope's always going crazy. Uh, Starts seeing things. Starts rubbing shit all over himself. I don't know. It's literally shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He shits in buckets and I don't know it or something. It's weird. So it's the Pope version of the Aviator, essentially the Popeyator. Yep. Uh, Starring what's his face with the giant fat head, and I can't I can't think of his name. You you'd recognize Jeremy Irons. Yes. I thought Uh he's got a fat head. Yeah, he's got a fat head. Well, he's got a fat everything, I guess. Jeremy Irons is fat now. In that show, yeah. Yeah, he's a big fat Pope, man. Wow. I always thought of
0: him being kind of lanky and scammy. I mean, look, uh, yeah, I always see him and he's got Look like... at him in Borgia, though. All mm. right. Well, I'm not going to do that.
2: But... Uh, yeah, I, I was enjoying it, but that was one of the things I was like background watching. Mm. So, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was while I was background watching it. Sure. It, it wasn't something I concentrated on. Uh, Freddie says, When is Bald Move going public? As soon as we are big enough to get on the, NAS if we stack. thought
0: that would make us a ton of money, we'd do it right tomorrow. Going public, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean there is like
2: we, then you we got kind shareholders of are, <laughs> for for all intents and purposes. Right, you got
0: you got shareholders, the actual answer to, rather than just people that you don't want to piss off because yeah, the answer is probably never. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't see us ever. Why would we? I mean, it's not a philosophical like I don't I don't believe in public companies. It's more like I just don't see it.
2: I don't know. I'm well, never- the pressure then becomes like the pressure turns around to the other side. Like right now, we make the content we want to make because we want to make it. Yeah. We think it's cool. We think the audience will think it's cool. Go public. You go public. You, go public you have to make a profit, and if you don't, you're either going to be out of business or off the Nasdaq or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Or we get we get we get kicked off get, our own network. That'd be I believe. I mean, you can get brought up on fucking charges for not making a yeah, profit. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's bullshit.
0: Well, actually that I would believe you'd be brought up for you'd be brought up in charges for failing to make a profit. If you're just stealing money from people and taking advantage of ignorant people, that's you get a you get a light slap on the wrist. Okay. You I do see, real I see what you're real yeah. real federal time for not turning profit. For not a profit. turning a profit, yeah. Uh Dances with Wookiees says what is the one show or shows you secretly or not so secretly love that everyone else hates or has been critically panned and why do you like it? I have an answer, and it's reality television. Like mine too. I love American Choppers. Back in the day, well, I don't even think that's on the air anymore. Terrible. But I, back in the day, I loved Monster House, Monster Garage, all those like
2: like buildings. we throw you in a junkyard and you build build something.
0: stunt shit. I like uh, Dual Survivor, like Cody. deadliest catch is mine. Cody and Joe are just fucking hilarious. And I love watching those guys. I like watching Bear Grylls drink his own piss, although his show is getting ridiculous. I like Les Stroud, Survivor Man. All that stuff is trashy and is of dubious use for me, but I do love watching it. I can, like, my happiest thought is when I have a Saturday night. And like nothing else is going on. This is, of course, before I played Destiny. And like <laughs> Discovery's having a Survivor Man marathon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Time to crack back the beers, wrap up in a blanket in the couch, and just turn off my brain.
2: How about you? Yeah, pretty much the same here. I like, um, like, Pawn Stars and um, American Pickers and uh, Deadliest Catch. Oh, I loved it. Deadliest c- Catch back in the day. The first two, three seasons yeah. were. Legitimately gripping. I thought so. <laughs> uh, and then, um, like cooking shows, I like mm. a lot of the Alton Brown stuff. He's he's got a good thing going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that's just a certain demographic that likes that stuff. Not like, oh, those are shit shows. But yeah, for as far as draw I don't really watch shitty
0: scripted stuff. I
2: don't watch any of like the CSIs or anything. I mean like you that. would say
0: American like American Horror, I guess is my guiltiest pleasure. True Blood. Yeah, and True Blood was got fucking, to be fairly guilty. That yeah. used to be good. That's one of those things where I was stuck finishing something mm-hmm. that I'd started. But nowadays I'm trying to think of anything that I just watched as shit. Uh there's
2: so much good TV it's hard to like even Car The Walking time for
0: Dead's it. not shitty. It's shitty by our standards, but it's not cover your eyes like, you know, I would be embarrassed to confess to watching it. Uh, He also said, funny story, uh, Dances Wookiees does. I was listening to you guys through iTunes, the Game of Thrones podcast. I then started listening to this Fargo podcast through iTunes also. Sadly, it took me quite a while to realize I was listening to the same people in both podcasts. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I feel like we both have fairly distinctive voices. That you would be easy yeah. to pick out. But maybe there's people that are like, you know, the same way that you can be tone deaf. Maybe
2: people are like voice deaf. Or if you're like background listening, kind of. Yeah. Maybe you're just like half paying attention. Because our intros are the same on every show, right? Sure. Welcome to whatever show it is yeah, yeah, on yeah. whatever network it is. I'm Jim. And i am <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I feel like it'd be hard to miss that if you're paying attention right at the beginning. All right.
0: Uh, This is a this is a doozy. A man is no one on the forum says, Okay, guys, good news. I have just purchased a majority stake in HBO, Inc. I'm putting you in Hmm. charge of our next big project. I'm going to open up the checkbook and then sit back and watch the magic happen. (laughs) Build me your dream show directors, producers, main cast, supporting cast format. It's your world. I'm just living in it. What's the plan and why? This is an amazing question. This is an amazing question.
2: I love this. I've had an idea kicking around in my head for a while, okay, for a show, and it has only become more urgent now that the Martian has come out. Mm. I feel like a modern day NASA show, where NASA is, where either each season, where it's either one big long arc of like. Let's a get mission. a manned flight to Mars. Yeah. Or it's each season is kind of like a smaller like mission. Like a fictionalized version like of from a rover Earth thing. to the Moon or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a dramatized fictionalized version of that. Um, I feel like that would go over really well right now. Where you're kind of like, oh, we've got the guys at the JPL doing their thing, and we've got the guys in Houston doing their thing. And, and the astronauts Like and they're their all communicating and, and trying to figure out
0: how we do this. What's a person that goes to Mars – on perhaps a one-way trip. What are they thinking? But it's certainly going to be, you know, 5 600 it's going to be years before you see these people again. Yeah. And it's going to wreck your health. What do those people do think? What do their families think?
2: And to me the most fascinating part would be, you know, getting an inside, hopefully not too fictionalized look at NASA and how they operate and like mm-hmm. how the different parts of NASA communicate and work together. Um but also you'd have to throw in like you know, love interests and families and uh, a, a lot of different stuff that would make this drama more palatable uh-huh. to, I guess, the general population. Sure. The people who aren't just in it for the science. Mm. Uh, so who you got, you I think do you attach
0: to this project?
2: Um, so I've got some names. i got a suggestion
0: for producer. Tom, Thomas Hanks. Tom Hanks is a good one. Thomas Hanks would have the checkbook open... And he'd have the guys at NASA that you could talk to for, like, authenticity. Like, he'd bring <laughs> a lot to the pride. He's done he this. Yeah, Paul 13 was
2: kind of And he did, he, he
0: produced, he was one of the executive producers on From the Earth to the Moon. Oh, shit, I didn't so know it was that. like, he, he'd, he'd have this. Uh, I think a
2: Tom Hanks, like, I, I'm going big. I'm shooting for the moon here. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> shooting for Mars. Shooting for Mars for Phobos. here. Phobos. Steven Spielberg. Let's bring Steven Spielberg in to executive sure. produce Hanks this thing. Hanks and Spielberg. I, I don't want him, like, in the creative. But I want him setting this thing up, huh. right? Because okay. he knows how to get a job done. He needs to turn on the money spigot and make it happen. Exactly. Okay. Uh, I think for directors, I'm going to do this like rotating director thing, okay. right? like most TV shows do. I'm going to start off with Christopher Nolan. I think Christopher Nolan could make an excellent episode of a space-based, technology-oriented show. It'd be about a man with, with daughter issues. I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but he'd have the premise for the show, right? He's... He's just the director, right? Okay. He's not going to write this thing. Okay. So he's going to execute on a vision. Uh, Ridley Scott, I think, is a no brainer given the Martian. Uh, Danny Boyle, who did. Danny Boyle. Um, That's 28 Days Later. Guys. 28 Days Later. I like his style. I huh. like his style a lot. I yeah, like he was directing a do on crisis TV. episode.
0: There you go. Inevitably, yeah. when when someone's. Maybe even they die. Maybe there's some. Mm. In the first mission. Half or, the crew dies. Half the crew dies. Yeah. Or it's testing. It's like uh, you know, the when uh, uh shoot, who's who the guy Gus Grissom and whatnot died like uh-huh. on the launch pad for just some training thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh and then the other guy I would like to have on this after seeing Moon a couple of years ago is Duncan Jones. I think Duncan Jones does like a have you seen Moon? I have not seen Moon. It's, I know of it though. It's just very solitary. It's got Sam Rockwell in yep. kind of sure. kind of the only Role in this aside from the robot, hmm. um he's isolated on the moon, and some stuff happens. I won't give away spoilers, but I think he could do a really good job on it. uh Showrunner, who do you think my showrunner is going to be? Vince Gilligan. Yep. Ah, of course, of course. I, does he have any particular fondness for this
0: material? You just build, you just bring. No, but the I think he constructs a solid show. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. Uh for writers, I'm going to put him in a room. Vince Gilligan in a room with. Uh, I'm going to pair him up with the awesome Moira Wally Beckett because she wrote a lot of my favorite episodes of Breaking Bad. And David Fincher, I think David Fincher gives you the the snap that you need on the dialogue with NASA. Right? Okay. There's there's a speed, a certain rhythm to the NASA communication. I think you're talking about H. Sorkin. You going for Sork Fincher too? I mean, he did Social Network, right? No, that was Sorkin that wrote it. I think Fincher directed. Are you talking
0: about directing or writing? Because if you're wanting snappy, fast-paced walk and talk dialogue, you got to get Sorkin. You're right. Okay, you got to talk him into doing television again because he said "fuck (laughs) television"
2: after (laughs) After the the newsroom. We'll we'll shove David Fincher into the director category, okay, and then we'll bring Aaron Sorkin in for the writing. All right. The cast is the hard part because I know that I want some stars, and I was thinking maybe as an astronaut, you could get like Leonardo DiCaprio in there. See what he mm. can do on the small screen. Uh, and I feel like he wouldn't really play the scientist very well. Like, I okay. don't view him as, like, this really intelligent kind of, like, a little neurotic sort of character. Mm. Um, I view him more as, like, you know, the leading man with the boisterous personality and that kind of stuff. And yeah. That f- that fits the astronaut role. Yeah. And then I think I would bring in Carrie Coon for an astronaut as well. I think she could pull off a good she astronaut.
0: Would give a good like mission commander or specialist. Sure, I think so. Yeah, she's got that no nonsense approach. Yeah, uh,
2: but I'm struggling on the others. I know I want some unknowns, right? Uh-huh. Like some people who come in on casting and well, like whoa, I didn't expect that from them. Uh-huh. Sign them up. All right, but you can't. You can't really cast those without because they're unknowns.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking
0: about. <laughs> what are you going to do? That's nothing. You let central casting take care of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's my show Alright, I've got two pitches, they're both adaptations So I kind of mm-hmm. cheated, which is why I came up with two of them First, okay. Patrick O'Brien novels So these are set in uh, the 17th and 18th century The Age of Sail, the Napoleonic Wars Based on the Master and Commander series? Based on the, the Aubrey maturin series that later was adapted to a movie Master and Commander, Far Side of the World which okay. is kind of a pastiche of four of the books. Hmm. Like the main plot from one and then a couple of set pieces from the others. Wait, so I
1: thought
2: Patrick O'Brien was the writer of those books. He is. He's dead now, though. But it's based on another set of books? Well, so the books aren't called Master and Commander. Oh.
0: Um, oh, okay. The movie is. The movie is called Master or the, and Commander. Or the mini series or whatever that thing is. Yeah. Master and Commander is the rank slightly below a captain. It's like Commander Riker... They're mm-hmm. called they're like if Commander Riker was the captain of the Defiant, okay, he'd be a master and commander. He'd probably so be... so Worf was a master commander. He'd yeah, you, you could call him captain by courtesy, and then you're a post captain hmm. once you become an appointed captain of an actual rated ship. Naval it's ranks all are confusing, so confusing, but it's, all, it's yeah. super interesting. Uh, and I would like to get Peter Weir because I know he was su- interested in making sequels to the movie. He's the director of the first one. Oh okay, um, but I guess. The movie did well, but this was a super expensive movie to make because they actually had an old ship of the line that they used for all of the. I mean, they would used sets, of course, but they actually filmed a lot on this old boat, hmm. and it cost a hell of a lot of money. You uh, need James Cameron directing that
1: thing? Well, you <laughs> got
0: a boat. <laughs> I see. I feel like that we're really respected the original material and the. I think what makes Patrick O'Brien works is that. It's so utterly rooted in its time and place, like all yeah. the dialogue, even the way the 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 book is written feels like it, it feels like something that was written in 1805 and has now been published for the modern day. And it's hard to explain how that is other than, you know, we're just used to a certain type of no- novel, like, you know, the way things are described with really long you know, kind of flowery and the, the way dialogue is set up. He doesn't like, sometimes he doesn't use quotation marks when he's quoting several people and you just have to buy. Hmm. It, it feels like you're at a dinner party and you're just getting snippets of stuff. What, what thought, Navy is this? Is it the British Navy? It's the British Navy. Okay. Um, and I, I kind of want to take all the main cast in the movie, even though they're too old to play the very beginning. And I would like to do this. Like there's 20 books you could do a book or two every season. So you're talking about 10 to 15 year run show. Um, but it also every book is kind of self-contained. So there it has a, a long narrative arc that eventually but each th- one is kind of sef- sef- severable. Each book is kind of like this part of the Napoleonic War and this part of and oh, yeah, here's 1812 and we're at war with the Americans again. And oh, fuck. Napoleon so escaped it, album. Uh, it'd
2: be like Star Trek. Yeah, where each week is a new adventure, or would it be no, no, more no. serialized. Each,
0: each season would be a story that goes somewhere, and then there's also ties okay. from some season to gotcha. season. But it's not usually like there's a couple. There's like a th- a three book series here and there where you kind of have to take them as a unit. But you could probably do that in a single season.
1: Okay. Um, yeah.
0: Because the books are not as overly long either, and I'd like to use all the main cast in the movie, even though they're not they're too old. I thought that Russell Crowe was great as Captain Jack. Um, I thought that Paul Bettany was awesome as the surgeon, uh, the doctor mm. Stephen Uh The things they fucked up is they cast they cast uh, Peregrine Took as Barrett Bonden, which is like the 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 biggest baddest ass sailor on the boat. That's shit. I want to cast mm. Jason Statham. <laughs> right? And also they had this <laughs> dude awkward Davies, which is this vicious brutish. Like if you want to board a ship and you send this guy with boarding axes and pistols and this he just gets a job done because he's so fucking terrifying, mm-hmm. I want Tom Hardy in pull, full blown Bronson mode for that all right um so yeah, the other one is Harry Dresden novels yeah. um which are you know I've said it a bunch of times, but it's it's essentially a no shit wizard like Gandalf the Grey wizard, but in modern times he's 30-ish and he works as a private investigator in Chicago. Okay. And I actually think this would work really well as an animated series. Hmm. It might be the only way it works because that's why you don't have to worry about special effects. Can you mm-hmm. draw this interdimensional portal? supposed to be giving out a, a demon onto, you know, the Miracle Mile. I've seen that on He-Man. Yes, you can. You can. <laughs> um, but I'd like to get Joss Whedon to produce, direct, and write with Drew Goddard uh, as his backup. Joss, I almost put Joss in Because the books very much read as something from the verse and their sensibility and their okay. dialogue. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple ideas. Like, I think Timothy Oliphant would be an awesome Harry Dresden. I think Carl Urban, um, who who's Carl Urban? He played Judge Dredd in the latest Dredd movie. Would mm-hmm. be a good Harry Dresden. Nathan Fillion doesn't look like him, but he's got the attitude down. Plus, you know, Nathan Fillion doesn't work enough, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'm doing uh, a lot of video games lately. The uh, police sergeant that he's interfacing with all the time, uh, Murphy. Uh, I think Rachel McAdams. Pretty much ah. in her current True Detective season two mode, you drop that character. That's Karen Murphy, done deal. And there again, this okay. is this book's ar- this is already a thirteen book series. He intended to be a twenty book series. Uh, yeah, I I just can't believe they don't. If you cast the right mid twenties cast, because each book takes a pre- approximately a year in the life of Harry Dresden, mm-hmm. you can make these movies Harry Potter style forever and
2: hmm. rake in the bank because they're all fucking awesome for the adult crowd. Uh, so there you go. Um, I would also need to put Peter Stormare somewhere in mine. He's so good in Armageddon. How can you not? <laughs> <laughs> would he be Russian? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you know, he would have his Swedish Russian accent.
0: All right. D from Australia would like to hear me speak for a few minutes on my specific objections to the usual suspects as I've heard him briefly rant about it many times. It's one of my favorite movies and I like to know why he hates it so much. So I don't know if I can explain this because it's been a while since I've seen it, but here's my recollection of the movie. My recollection is it sets up a central mystery and asks you as the viewer to kind of figure out the central thing about Kaiser Soze and who's behind all this stuff. And the very final re- reveal of the movie is essentially all that bullshit you just watched for the last hour and 50 minute. it's all bullshit. It's all Kevin Spacey making shit up. And Mm -hmm. pulling stuff out of what he saw in the room and snowing over this detective, the end. And I hate that. Like it's essentially like, what if the sixth sense? You found out Bruce Willis a ghost, but
2: there were no. There were
0: those those scenes where his he's talking. He's ostensibly having dinner with his wife. And he's just trying to get into his basement, but it's locked. And those things are kind of like, what the fuck? Maybe he's in a disintegrating marriage. If those didn't exist, and those those were just all seen as flashback that they didn't show previously in the movie. And I just, I to me, like a twist ending has to work when you watch it again. And I don't think this movie does. Incidentally, yeah. I just happened like I wonder what Roger Ebert thought because I never looked, and he gave Usual Suspects one and a half stars and called it like the worst overrated. Wow. Movie that everybody else likes and it's essentially the same thing like to the extent that i don't understand this plot i don't care nice and i think i understand the plot and it doesn't matter and that's how i feel about it that's not how memento works that's not how uh you know uh like i said six Sense works it's not how sure. uh the other nolan movie that we like inception works yeah. those things are all very tight and this just felt like it's jerking me around so okay I'd have to watch it again to be more specific, and I don't really want to watch it again. So, (laughs) Uh, Nathan says, I know you guys pride yourselves on being officially unofficial, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the only time you did something official was that one The Leftovers speculation podcast for the finale. Uh, You remember correctly. My question is this. Would you be open in the future to hosting an official podcast if the opportunity presented itself on a show if asked by actual executives, or would you decline the option in order to have freer speech and opinions? Basically... Money, more authenticity, and possibly more interviews, et cetera, versus the ability to speak more freely and complain, critique, the not-so-good aspects
2: of the show. So I think – How big is the check? (laughs) I I don't know that he's setting up a completely false dichotomy here, but I feel like there's more room in this than just like you're going to get paid or you're going to be able to speak your mind. I would like to think that maybe there's room for it. A little bit of both, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like if, if I were going to do this, it would probably only be on a show that I already liked yeah. and knew that I liked and wasn't going to be week in and week out trashing it. Uh, also, yeah, I guess there's how big is the check? Like we're going to pay you $2 million over two years to do this. All right, cash out. And then I will start something new when I, I'm done with the two years. Or can we still do bald move while we're doing this? Can we do another podcast on this thing that says how we really feel, whereas we're doing this one for kind of a mass audience, right? Sure. Like, I I feel like there's a little wiggle room in there where it's not Uh just, like, be a corporate shill or say what you really think. Yeah. But, Uh, But I don't
0: know. But, you know, that's the thing. Like, I don't... We've thought about that, and we've actually talked... At very low levels to some official sources about something like this. Like, can't say anything more. Yeah. And it always breaks... Because, like, they like what we do, but they want us to do it in a more family-friendly, assess- like, PG-13 kind of way.
2: Like, I feel like... I the- don't have a huge problem with that. Because, like, I... You say that. No, we've we've... Okay, so the themes of the stuff we talk about are not probably going to be that family-friendly, but I don't have a problem not cursing. Ads don't enjoy not cursing. I know. We we don't see it would, eye it to would eye take on me, that.
0: It would take me a lot of practice to do that, but also I think part of that is just, <laughs> I don't know, I... I uh, every time I start thinking about like, okay, I can't swear, I can't swear, I can't swear, that starts. I start talking in a way that is not myself.
2: But what if I start like, falling would back you not
0: into write... I'm giving a talk about the paradise on the platform? You know,
2: w- would you not write like a book or a TV show meant for kids or something? You... Sure. So what's the difference? Because why, I'm, why would you I'm writing tame...
0: a show for fucking. Adu- I'm, I'm, I'm 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 talking about an adult show meant for adults to adults, and I'm asked to. I don't know. Like, to me, like that's the thing. Like I always think it's weird when I'm listening to a show um tiptoe around adult things because they're trying to have this general audience's show. And it's just it always strikes me as more sure. juvenile than if they just talk about, yes, this dude's getting a blowjob or, you know, this these people are I you know, I, I guess I don't know. I'm not articulating it very well. But Yeah, I get what you mean. I just I don't see a problem
2: with not cursing frankly.
0: If it was just that's the thing, if it was just not
2: cursing, I think I could probably get over that too. You still got to talk about the themes of the show and if the show has significant amounts of blowjobs, that's you're what i It just those. feels yeah.
0: ridiculous to a certain extent.
2: Yeah. Like every mm-hmm. once in a while we get someone that requests like a fans like I really like your but show. Like a justified, I don't know that a justified would warrant Okay. Sure. Like a lot of cursing yeah. in the, the show, right? But also it'd be a huge problem if
0: like, again, I don't want to do a show that I'd have to slag, but like yeah. even Breaking Bad, if, if there was a show that I thought didn't work or my first reaction is I didn't want this to happen, like I wouldn't want to have a show yeah. where I'm drug, you know, on the carpet for doing something like my first reaction to the, what was that state? The live free or die? Whichever one that w- the one, the, 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 the Cabin movie? one. No, 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 the Cabin episode of Breaking Bad. Like, I really viscerally did oh, not like that. Yeah, yeah, the second And last. a couple months go by, and I see it again, and I'm like, okay, I really appreciate why this is genius. But yeah, my first yeah. reaction is, I don't think this is good, and I'm not sure why they did it, and I don't like it. And if I ever did a show where I couldn't say that,
2: my honest opinion, I don't th- see how I could do it. I also think there are maybe formats to get around that. Like, if you look at what Chris Hardwick does on... Yes, let's let's look at what Chris Hardwick does. On his after shows, right? Uh Uh-huh. He doesn't really give his opinion. He asks people what they thought. And for the most part, those people are part of the show. Um I I don't know that I would feel comfortable like asking these softball questions and and knowing that these people are trained to give the right answer. Yeah. Um, And knowing that they're not really saying what they actually think. Yeah uh i don't know if i could live with that but i feel like there's some kind of interview format where you wouldn't be blamed for that maybe your guest would <laughs> I, and you could say oh yeah well we'll never have that guest on again he slammed the show yeah i agree with him but he
0: slammed the show i'd like a contract that you see sometimes with like bio- biographers where it's like i'm going to I, i'm going to treat the show uh, like yeah i'm going to follow the process and i'm going to write about the stories that it generated that doesn't mean i'm going to I, like the I, latest I, season of house of cards like i don't think you can listen to our podcast and say we haven't hatchet to grind for creative people we want them to succeed sure and tell good stories so i was like i'll be fair but if the fandom is not liking something and i'm part of that fandom and you know i can tell both sides i mean i we also like even shows we hate people that write in and say we love it and this is why we give those people equal time so i just i wouldn't want to send something where i felt like i didn't have editorial control Mm -hmm. there again I wouldn't sign that contract. Ten million dollars. I'll do whatever the fuck you want me to.
2: Yeah, and then I'll be done with it, and I'll be done with it. And I will, and and then then I will do my after.
0: I will write a book that will become after the non-disclosure expires. I will do a tell-all about what I really thought about the situation, and I yeah. So I don't know.
2: Yeah, it just depends. I mean, that's that's the epitome of selling out, right? But I, I, there, there is a number. There is a number, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't, I never
0: believe someone that says that they're just never going to s- yeah. sell out. Like it's just a matter of the number in the check. Um. So you know sure. that about me going forward.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so does the audience. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. I, I'm talking to the, oh. the, the the people out there. Um. Also, what happened to the Pinny The personal arrogance spinoff show. They personal arrogance guys are still newling on it we talked a little bit yeah. about that in seattle but it's I, not going to be what we kind of hinted it would be no certainly and it's not going to be i don't think it's ever going to be an eric jesse all the time show again yeah uh, he's too busy uh, jesse's too busy and I, like I, for the foreseeable future like mm-hmm. a, you know years he's going to be wrapped up in this other thing he's doing which i'm happy for and successful but um there's a potential uh i don't know because there's a couple of other questions that kind of tie into this yeah this Let's, next one Let's move on. Frack and T. Here's a question. You get an email from the Nerdist or Popcorn Talker or Earwolf or one of the big podcast companies. They want to buy Bald Move and have you keep making the show or work for them. You no longer have to work, uh, worry about funding the empire, but you don't own it anymore, and na- you're now your boss is Chris Hardwick. Oh, God. Do you take the deal? My
2: boss is Chris Hardwick?
1: Has Chris Hardwick
0: with- he- heard all the shit we talk about him? Because I'd have uh, okay. to know that. Yeah. Is going he going to go
2: back and listen to our back catalog? Yeah. Uh, Has he already heard it? Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing, it depends on the contract for me, because I would do that, like, so my ideal scenario, if Bald Move is sold, is I work for another company um, under a contract for a few years until they're able to get a stable of podcasters to replace me, and then I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to work for somebody forever. Yeah. That's that's not what I want. Like, okay. So that would be my stipulation, right? Like, okay, I'm going to sign this three-year contract, I will continue to produce content until that three years. So figure it the fuck out. Figure mm. out how to replace me.
0: And at the end, maybe you contract again, but you don't want an open maybe, end, ten year contract to do no. the bald move show. Brought to you is about by the, the Nerdist. Yeah, yeah. Because you know you don't. You just never know. What if it's hell on earth? Yeah. And you're stuck like that's the thing, like Hollywood contracts are fucking contracts, man.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, they will sue you over that shit. Both
0: ways, like you know, yeah, Adam blink of like an got, eye Adam Crow got paid like eight million dollars to sit on his ass for two years and do podcasting I'll take that because of CBS. But <laughs> also if you're in a show that you hate with creative people you hate yeah. and people are trying to stifle you and, and and keep you down, you're kind of stuck there too. So
2: Yeah. So the the answer is hell yeah, I'd sell bald move if the number is right. And if there's a plan for the future, if it's not just like, yeah, you'll just keep doing this forever for us, because yeah. the the best part about this, frankly, has been working for myself. I don't, I don't have, we we can do whatever we want, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's no higher power to say, oh, no, you can't charge a dollar a month for your club. That's mm-hmm. too little. Mm-hmm. You got to charge five. Uh, there's nobody to say, oh, yeah, you you have to cover this bullshit show that we know you're going to hit. Fuck that. The show about the naked
0: lady tattoos that shows up in Central Park. It's it's gonna be hot. NBC's paying us ten million dollars
2: for a podcast. You guys get to do it. <laughs> the Batman show without Batman. It's gonna be amazing. No, fuck off. We're not covering that. That was actually on Bald Move briefly. I know, but not us. Uh
0: Dante did speak for yourself, I did two of those shows.
2: Yeah. Uh, not me. Not
0: me. Dante Danger, what is it about your show and podcasting style that makes people listen to you? You can answer, I don't know, and that's fine but I'd be interested to hear your perspectives on what you think makes you guys successful, if that's how you feel you are at podcasting.
1: <laughs> Quote-unquote
0: successful. Yeah. Um, he says, the reason I ask this is I find your skits hilarious, but I also know how hard it is to know that something is hilarious when you play it out, but you guys seem to know what is funny and invent new ways of making it funny. Uh,
2: so the first question, I think what makes us successful at podcasting, a couple of the things, uh, that we kind of had as principles from the beginning is we don't, we talk about the show. Mm -hmm. We don't go off on tangents all that often. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very rare that we get off topic. Um, obviously, you know, we've been friends forever and that's been something we've talked about before. We have good chemistry and we're consistent. Like those are the three big things that I think have made us successful.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's when I started doing this. It was, you know, Bald Move was not a money-making operation. It was a way for us to kind of keep in touch when you went to Chicago. Yeah. And I was busy at the time. I was the director of IT for this big company. And so, like, I've always been busy. I've been busy ever since I've been an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a disease of mine. I pay, say pathologically overbooked. <laughs> but I have to, like, schedule my fun. And that was the thing Is was like, I believe on doing this professionally, even though it's kind of a joke and we have fun and everything. like if we say we're going to do something this weekend, then by God we're gonna do it, yep, and we have to keep that schedule and uh you and I, you know, had very strong opinions about podcasts, like we listen to professional and amateur ones and the ramble like there's a certain class of podcasts that. They love hearing themselves talk, and you can get 30 minutes before you've actually heard the thing you came to hear for (laughs) because they're talking about funny – quote-unquote funny stories of – How was your week? Yeah. Fuck you, how was my week? Let's
2: talk about the the topic at hand.
0: After doing this for four years, like enough of our private life has slipped out that sometimes we can talk about our own personal experiences and how they impact – our takes on what it's like, it's very rare that we'll accept from stuff like this, where this is just a navel gazing podcast. Th- yeah. This is for our fans. It's yeah. not like, uh, I think that's, that's kind of the key is to not waste people's time and respect that there are other shows that they can go out there. And we've also, uh, we like podcasts. We listen to a lot of the quote unquote competition and mm-hmm. we've always had this philosophy is of how can people eat our lunch yeah, and how can we do that before they do it to us? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, we we kind of the format that we lucked into is a blend of like what Jay and Jack were already doing plus things yeah. that we kind of believed about podcasting, and it hasn't really changed much. We play around it from time to time, but mm-hmm. I yeah I don't know. I honestly don't know why we tried to get at some of that during some of our um, f- um, surveys. Yeah. And like ask, like, you know, of all these reasons and like the number one, like 87 percent response was we dislike Jim and Aaron and want to see them succeed. And that that's gratifying and it feels good. <laughs> it's amazing. But, but why? It's not. It's, yeah. It's not general, like something you can be actionable other than try to be good. Be I mean, yourself. We try right? to be good. Which we We like one of our core principles is we don't want to fuck anyone over. Yeah. Like we never want anyone to feel like, oh, this is not good value for or, oh, man, I wasted two hours. These guys phoned it in. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we I don't. Yeah. I
2: mean, that goes toward like, you know, his question about how we know what's funny and if we think it's funny when we're making it and all this stuff. We don't. We we don't know what's funny to you guys. We know what's funny to us. Right. And then we make that thing like if we're cracking up making it.
0: It's dangerous, though, because every single time we make something we think is funny, by the time we get it produced, we're like, is this still funny?
2: I don't know if it's funny anymore. (laughs) I just heard it six
0: times with, like, minor variations, and I'm not laughing anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I don't know how Key and Peele do it. Like, they take it from, like, okay, we're super high, and we had this crazy (laughs) idea. Now we spent $100,000 making the sets and making it in reality, and we've edited it, and we've done the voices, how do you do that? I don't know. It's... it's uh, like, I would die. I would die
2: of shame and like, oh, this is terrible. We got to start all over. I think... So it ties into the idea that we're not good at these big projects, right? Mm-hmm. So we take kind of bite-sized chunks of stuff. We do these two-minute skits, these three-minute skits, whatever. And we put that out there because... That's the amount of time we can spend on something before questioning ourselves Yeah, and going, oh God, this is never going to work. Abort. Abort. Uh uh
0: (laughs) Um, TV is great from the forum says, have either of you had a Jehovah's Witness come to your door as a missionary since you left the organization and how did you react that they did? I had one come by my place last week, and I just politely listened to the spiel for about five minutes. Took the pamphlet, threw it in the trash as soon as they left. <laughs> um, have you, Jim?
2: No, I've never had a witness come by my house.
0: I have several times, and it's always been when my son is there, which huh. is a very awkward. You think they're following you? No, it's, it's <laughs> all done. You know, um, it's just when he's there. Like if they if someone knocks my door at nine thirty, I'm probably not going to answer. Yeah. Like, fuck you for coming here tonight. Like maybe if you knocked like a sheriff would. Or if I know I have a package <laughs> coming or something. Or it's it's the police. Okay, <laughs> fine, I'll open the door. But if I'm just hearing this like measly little like yeah. you know, nah, I'm not gonna answer the door. Um also like they've been setting up side this kiosk outside the Sam's Club. And then kiosk? Yeah, right outside the exit. Sam's Club's let them set up this Jehovah's Witness kiosk.
2: Oh, I heard somebody talking about it was me. something like that
0: and it's it's starting to be like somewhere else it's going to be showdown at OK corral one of these days because i fucking no like i the thing is like so i've got i've got warring nate i'm angry at these people and i want to tell them how one of deluded idiots they are Mm -hmm. but at the same time that doesn't help them like outright attacking them just hardens the mental shell that they put it in so I, i think a lot about what you can do to say something that would get them to think, but also not
2: attack them. And I haven't come up with a good one. Can I just say, that's the laziest of all Jehovah's Witness moves. What's that? Posting up outside of Sam's Club. Fuck you, man. (laughs) Jesus didn't post up outside of a Sam's Club. He went door to fucking door. Uh, That's what I want to see. That's always been the motto. I had to do that shit. No one's home, though. It's not very
0: effective. It's true. But I don't know that the street True. this quote unquote street, Lazy street witnessing is, is worth it either. Yeah. So I would be I would say that um if you don't want them to call back, there's actually this little backdoor thing where you can say, Don't put me on my your do not call list. Sure and that or just have a big scary dog (laughs) that some some witnesses get off on that's true like oh this this is have a bunch of guns this is the scary shack in the country with a bunch of do not trespassing and like i love guns and come to your door with my security my security system is a smith and weston and they like oh that's not me that's door to door salesman I've got God's word that I'm bringing like some oh, some of the wow. witnesses like they're martyrs, man, they would like nothing more than your bullet to split their skull so they wake yeah. up in paradise. I would just be kind and if I ever think of something that i that you can throw at them that would throw them off guard um I'd let you know, but come, they practice come to the door naked every week. They, that's you might not know this, but they they the part of their meetings every week is practicing this shit. Oh, I know. They well, you know this. I'm talking <laughs> again. This is me talking to the listeners. They get yeah. up on their stage and they they it's an assignment that you hang out hand out to one the brothers and sisters and they practice like it's a door and mm-hmm. they practice in front of the audience like common objections Here's like I'm busy it. or I don't believe in God or you guys are a bunch of shit or I heard you were a cult and they practice on what to say. And then they're critiqued on that practice. It's They're pretty good at it. It's not something you can just go in
2: unprepared and win an argument with a Jehovah's Witness. No, you'll never win an argument. Most of them have canned responses for things. They're yeah. basically apologists for yeah. the most part. Uh, some of them have actually thought about this stuff and are kind of like, you know, biblical scholars in a way, but very few and far between there. Michael G says, where do you guys see Bald move in 10 years? Dead.
0: <laughs> done over In no better, so i got some thoughts on this so
2: i i see like
0: there's a few ways we could go because i, I think yours. the biggest hurdle bald move will have to overcome is eventually you're going to want to move on at the very least geographically because i know <laughs> you, yeah you i would have already done it honestly. you hate the midwest and you want out and i don't blame you if it yeah. wasn't for my nine-year-old tying me here i would i would not that i hate the midwest but I'd much rather live in a Seattle or a San Diego, even a or Chicago, frankly. A Chicago, like
2: I'd love to go up there where again. there's
0: something a little bit more going on, and I don't have family that's really tying me here. I do feel shackled here by your presence here, by your shackling. Uh, the, yeah, are we're shackled together? Uh, the second biggest hurdle is eventually we're gonna have to find a way to bring two to four other people into the empire that you guys are going to hopefully love as much as us, because that's the only way I think we're going to become the empire in the true sense of the word. Like yeah, like Giant Bomb. If it was just Jeff Gerstman, the guy who died. Ryan. Ryan. Well, Ryan died. Like yeah. Giant Bomb would be gone. They'd be done. Yeah. But they brought in people that into the fold and, and Jeff and Ryan were involved in these guys and you, the fans got to know them as much and, and like them as much as everybody else. And now they're able to cover a lot more of these games and a lot more
2: geography. And, and I would like to think if bald move did that, it would not just be a pack of straight white guys, but sure. <laughs> but uh, maybe a little more diversity right. in that pack, but right. Like know, if I could, if I, if, I had, model.
0: if I had my dream, I'd like, yeah, I mean, I'd get like
2: Jesse and Eric Oh, okay. That. But then start looking. <laughs> but, but that's then, the people I know. I mean, I. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Like they, they do the same thing, right? They're not setting out the higher straight white guys. It's like. Yeah, that's, it's the gaming industry, and that's who works, and it mostly. But and once we know you got beyond people.
0: that, you'd start looking at, like, we need other voices. Like, I like having the women on for. I like having Cecily on when you do her podcasts. As I like having the women that do the Orange is the New Black because that's a perspective you need. But yeah. I think you need more of those perspectives so you can have uh you know entertainment that appeals to everybody and everyone's point of view gets gets expressed
2: and most importantly for me is that kind of unshackles us right like Mm -hmm. if we could find another me somebody who doesn't have the the commitments and the responsibilities tied to this geographic location we might be able to arrange something where uh multiple locations would work for Baltimore. Yeah, you have an East Coast branch, a yeah. Midwest branch. Right now it's not possible. So I mean that's that's one of the things I would be looking for in someone. And that, honestly
0: on. that's the thing. Like if we started making money that's extra self sufficient, we'd be looking at okay, now can we bring in a third voice? And also I think yeah. that it would be nice to have a crew that has stake in it because I think that, you know, like we talked about sometimes we butt heads at the 50. Having other people's voices in here would help us, I think, resolve some of that.
2: I think so. Yeah, because you,
0: know, you can't get outside your own perspective. Yeah,
2: saying oh, you're not, you're not seeing this. Or, yeah, you're not, or like that. that guy
0: makes a lot of sense, or you yeah. know. And then I don't know, maybe one guy will feel getting ganged up or ro- ra- railroaded. That would be the, probably the downside of that.
2: Yeah, maybe.
0: But I think in the next ten years, I would like to see, you know, six to eight people involved with bald move and not just like you know like kelly and tom uh i love their show i'm glad they're on it but we have very little day-to-day involvement with those because of the geography and the difference in focus and stuff but we need to bring like those people that we actually have Come some kind of close geogra- geographical thing where we can bring them into the studio and we can divvy up shows and it'll be like yeah. you and somebody and doing a show and me and somebody and hopefully that you'll like those people mm-hmm. as much as you like me and Jim and together.
2: Creating content around all of us that, yeah. you know, we can, we can kind of, because you have to introduce them gradually otherwise. Because
0: right now it's like it already, like you know, we have to make decisions about what not, not just because it's not good or not, we have to make decisions based on how much time we got. And interest like some some things i would love to cover but jim doesn't
2: give a shit about uh vice versa Mm -hmm. so uh the other thing is maybe partnerships with like bigger media outlets i think would be cool um kind of get our our voices out there a little bit more how um, so in kind of these these bigger avenues you know like i could see potential partners with netflix or something like that where we're talking about the shows they produce and that's being released alongside the episodes as a commentary track or something like that. Those types of things, you know, developing some content for some, what I consider major media outlets. Hmm. Something like that. Uh, You're ready for the next question. Yeah. Tristan, of all
0: the TV and film you've covered, which character reminds you most of your co-host? So Aaron answers for Jim and Jim answers for Aaron. This is tough because, and I'm not saying this, just to build on the fact that you're an alien psychology, I've never come across a person on television that I'm think, oh,
2: that's Jim. I haven't either.
0: I have in my I've come across a lot of um, people that remind me of other people that I know hmm. um, and like, oh, yes, okay. that guy's ass cheek or oh, that guy's Peter or oh, that guy is Ace Jace or even like um, uh, April from Parks and Rec is essentially my girlfriend. She's not quite as weird as that. You're right. But she's got the yeah, same totally sensibility right. and kind of like reaction. Does that make to you uh, crazy? name. I'm not as stupid as Andy, but no, yeah, of course not, yeah, I'm kind of a bit of a clown. Uh, <laughs> but so
2: I, I couldn't. I tried thinking about this. I couldn't come up with anything. I, and I feel like it's cop out. But you just are. Like you're not. I have a little bit of Mister Robot in me. Like a, a small amount of like antisocial. The, but you're not that. I'm I'm not the specio- so You're not that path, far no. on the spectrum. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But you are kind of. I mean, the same kind of like I. I don't know that I know what goes on in your head. You're you're you keep you keep your your own kind of
2: like I'm a pretty Your, your emotional mental state is kind of like yours alone, and you don't really yeah. care. If, I feel like I I come across as just kind of the. You know, if you were looking at my personality and a heart rate monitor, it's just your standard heart rate at all times (laughs) like occasionally there's a blip and you go what was that is he dying yeah oh no it was just he he had a bad move in axis now (laughs) (laughs) uh all right so sorry that that was yeah a a fizzle
0: kind of bust just too unique not a central casting uh hatorian what movie or tv show would you force your worst enemy to watch over and over again oh i've got a good one for this dragon ball z
2: god christ i hate you is that what? Am you're I your worst say? enemy? No, no, no. But I hate that fucking show. No, I mean, I, it's the worst. It's ninety minutes of powering and grunting up and four seconds of action.
0: That or the Power Rangers. Because I watched uh, some Saturday morning wise cooking breakfast. The first Power Rangers movie was on and, on HBO Family, and I, I'm like, Ugh. this is the fucking worst. This mm-hmm. is the devil, and like. At least the first season had the cute pink ranger that you could kind of, oh, yeah. you know, cause my, Kimberly, my sure. brother loved the power rangers. Uh, um,
2: yeah, I was just a fan. He of wasn't Kimberly.
0: allowed to admit. So this is a, we'll get a, this a little loophole we have later, but, but yeah, he loved it and I hated it, but at least I could watch, uh, was her name? Amy Jo Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, she still holds of co- up. Too, of course, you know that because she shows up like halfway through the, who hasn't looked her up on the internet. Still looks good too. Still okay. a fine. Fine looking woman. Right. Uh, cause not I did, shame, I started shame, like, where kid are, kid are they kid. now? And like some, like the, the green, to- Tommy's an MMA fighter. He's got a shaved Which head was and the green ranger tattoos. Not, not science
2: ranger, right? No, no, no. He could be start off. Oh, long and- hair, Tommy. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. That guy.
2: Tommy. He looks like an MMA Zach version. Zach was the blue one, right? Zach. He
1: the was the a science guy?
0: ranger. Yeah. Yeah. And the black ranger was, was the black guy. The black, yeah. <laughs> the black ranger. uh uh-huh. Sure. uh, Those are yeah stuff like that's
2: just shitty. Like just you'd be doomed to watch over and over again. I've got what I think is an interesting answer. Okay, something that sounds good on the surface, but I think would drive you insane after a while. All right, Groundhog Day. Yeah. That
0: how meta is that? We thought about doing for a stunt a twenty four (laughs) hour Groundhog Day marathon on Groundhog Day Uh sometime. I'm not saying we won't, but you know our friend Peter did that. I think he Did made what? it through four times. Oh. oh he yeah, was yeah. sick one day and he stayed home and he told us about it. What a surreal experience it was watching that movie over and over and over again. That's
2: what I'm thinking. Like if you're forced to watch that movie over and over, it's good the first it's a great hundred movie. times you see it. Oof. What about the next thousand times you it see it? It is pretty meta. That's a good one. Okay. Uh,
0: Tony, this one's for Aaron. Just how sexy is Benicio Del Toro? <sighs> Not at all. My god. He's so sexy, Jim. Oh, wow,
2: his fucked up face, man.
0: His stormy gaze promises a steamy sea of latin love. <laughs> he <laughs> smells like skittles and milk duds. Uh, he just uh, so sexy. So sexy. I don't see it. Uh, Hatorian. Uh, are we going to get a Baldies this year? The Bald Move Awards. I vaguely remember discussion on that, and think it would be a cool end of the year thing to do. Hmm. Either you nominate and open it up the vote, or you guys simply provide your winners.
2: Hmm. Interesting idea.
0: Uh, that's actually underway. We yeah. record we've and we're recording the entire process this time. Yep. Um, and we are going to involve the fans at some point, probably in the next month
2: yeah uh, we already recorded a video that is kind of the construction of the awards yeah, like us deciding what categories, what categories we wanted mm-hmm. and, and how the that. format we're gonna do this in yeah yep
0: so that's definitely gonna happen and probably be an annual thing yeah uh age uh, aha. J- i think it's A-haas. jazz i think it's actually jasmine but uh it's aj's
2: oh ace Jace.
0: uh
2: what's the meanest email you've ever received uh, you know, I try not to remember these. Yeah. I try not to keep these these things with me because it only brings you down. The ones that stick
0: out in me is like every once in a while I'll get an email that I guess they think only I read them. But it's like an incredibly vicious take of you yeah. as a person. And I've
2: seen those. And, and I've,
0: I've they have come in the, the other way, too, where it's like, but like the ones that stick with you, the ones that like really come at you like you're some fucking mouth breathing idiot. And I well, take umbrage yeah. at that because you're my friend. Like sure. way more well, personal than I get with someone saying that like you can't talk and you burst out things funny and, you know. So
2: the thing is I'm not good with on-the-fly debates at all. And we occasionally have those um, over different points of view. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, yeah, I kind of feel like I get the short end of the stick every time because I'm I'm not able to think as quickly as you are on this stuff. And then you beat and, my and ex- ass in Rocket League and everything's <laughs> fine. And express myself as eloquently as you do. Um I can pronounce things but there you go you sound more eloquent so and I feel like most of the times when this happens is I've had something bad going on in my life and like people don't realize that right sure like they think oh week in and week out Jim are always going to be the same well guess what we're real fucking people we have bad days we we don't give a shit about the show for a week because something else has gone bad in our lives and it's like well yeah I didn't pay attention like I should have here because Mm -hmm. you know Other stuff is going on, sure, but but I understand why people don't see that part of it, right? Yeah, it's a show to them. We don't talk about the same, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, those are mostly the things that stick with me. Is like the personal attacks, I guess, Uh Uh and that's like I also think like, but you can't let it stick with you because you will you'll eat yourself up with it.
0: Yeah, and I know I take like shots at people. (laughs) You know, I like to make fun of the Gimples and the Miseras and whatnot of the world, but I I don't make it like you're a terrible person and you should die or you're stupid. It's more like, you know, professionally, you've
2: got some shortcomings here. And, you know, I don't know. We're not always so diplomatic because ultimately we're entertaining people. Right. Right. And hyperbole goes a long way toward entertainment. Right. And like, it's like, I think that if someone did a podcast on the bald move
0: podcast and they like made fun of us in that capacity, I would actually think it was really entertaining uh probably yeah. but like sending up like it's the difference between that and getting a, a personal letter in a mail saying you should die
1: <laughs> sure sure
0: and especially when it's about your friend that's where it's like that's like I, you're right i don't remember a lot that's that's the to run at me personally but when people like talk shit about you it bothers me
2: like i said i think you're you're able to think more quickly on your feet than i can uh the, the other thing is you know what Let these fuckers get on the mic for hundreds of hours. Yes. Talk about something that may or may not be important to them at the moment. Yes. And see how they fare. Yes. Everybody's going to fuck up. It's harder than you think. Come
0: on. (laughs) Um, Broom person said, is going to the Walking Dead cons and hosting discussions and meeting actors and such forth. Awkward, you know, since you guys are self-proclaimed haters. Nah, because they don't know us from Adam. Exactly. I heard tell that some of the producers of The Walking Dead are a bit thin-skinned about the Different podcasters. Yeah. But like we're the one of the bigger quote unquote hater cast of all, and I've never gotten blackballed. We still get invites. We just too poor to take <sighs> them up on it now. Sure. Um yeah. but not uh, the, I
2: never feel awkward because I know that they have no fucking clue who the I the
0: only awkward thing I ever had was when I interviewed um Gwendolyn Christie. I asked her a question that I was wanting her to talk about her kind of stance on feminism. But she had just had an interview that she was taken out of context, and she had a whole bunch of people up her ass about her, how she's not being a good feminist and a role model. And, like, I I can't even imagine what it's like to be her, where, like, you are, you know you're playing this tough woman and now you are the spokesperson for everyone with the double X chromosome de facto. Yeah. And like you say this thing and then like the 30 second soundbite that makes it into, it makes you sound like maybe you're an anti-feminist or whatever. And she was kind of like, I thought I pissed her off and I was really worried that I'd lose her for the rest of the interview because she felt defensive and kind of bristled at that. And I'm like, Oh Jesus. But we talked about it afterwards, and she explained. She's like, "I didn't know where you were going with that," and I had just gotten in this big old kerfuffle. So, but no, like everything's been like I.
2: They don't have, they don't know, they don't have time to listen to their podcast, the and we don't talk to them long enough to ever bring that shit up, right? Yeah, it's like, oh hey, how are you? Sign this thing. for I me. would fucking
0: love it if Andrew Lincoln would come up and be like, "You're the one that makes fun of my shitty Southern accent," and we'd probably have a good
2: laugh over it. Probably so. So yeah. He seems like a cool because you could at least say, Well, you're the best thing on that show, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what do you want? Uh, Josh K says, I've
0: always wondered if people who make the TV shows ever hear or comment on your cast without giving away your sources. What, if any, industry responses have you gotten? Um, not a lot. We did, None I did really, talk to yeah. the editor on the Mad Men, and he said that uh, the wiener was aware of yeah. our podcast, and he actually uh, he didn't listen to it. But people had brought some theories and stuff that we were talking about that he found very amusing.
2: Um, That's the only time I can think. Yeah. We, we talked to we talked to one of the um, writers on Justified, uh huh. Pro- producers on Justified. Yeah. Writer, uh, executive, yeah. Writer, executive producer, Ta- I think was, uh, Taylor Elmore. Both. Yeah. No, yeah. I always confuse Elmore the Leonard, Taylor Ayler. Elmore. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so, I mean, we do have some elbow brushing with those guys, but very little compared, especially compared to other podcasts. Yeah. It's like,
0: nah. Uh, he said also someone on the Facebook this evening said that your podcast is the main fear, The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead attraction, the actual show is a companion piece. <laughs> and I agree. I'm not sure I would have kept up with either with extra skits and commentary. Does that make you feel happy or sad?
2: Uh, I mean, it's awesome that people like us that much. I I wish the show were better. <laughs> so it's kind of both. Mm. Like, that, it blows me away that anybody would just watch a show or just listen to our podcast. I've done that, though. Back, like,
0: I was a Television Without Pity fan. And there's a couple shows I stopped watching, but I kept reading their huh. recaps because I knew enough about the setting and situation, and they were in-depth enough in their recaps that I loved them making fun of it. Gotcha. Um... So I can understand why people would do that. And I'm I glad so, yeah. I'm glad that like, yeah, if that if that makes people happy, then great. Uh he's got a couple other I'm not sure if this is him or I and, and I accidentally clipped his name off or what, but they want to know what our favorite Reddit thread of all time is and why. Uh he personally mm-hmm. loves this one about workout where as a, a thread on a hundred push ups started and then like reddit does they kept playing like a telephone game with the premise of the thread and this long comment chain until it became about eating mcdonald's hamburgers and then about eating bench press mach- it's just it was crazy and i actually came in as blind and chuckled in reddit um i don't have one
2: honestly i don't i don't visit reddit enough to my favorite thing that ever Check happened it. was
0: on the Destiny subreddit the day that Xur sold the Yallerhorn, which was the year one exotic everybody wanted. Yeah. And the mods, which ruled this community of like 250,000, 300,000 gamers with an iron fist, because they have to, said, you know what? This is now boom, boom, wolf pack, pew, pew day, and we are just completely shit post, low effort post, everything encouraging. And it actually turned out to be like it was hilarious like people trying to do the worst shittiest post yeah yeah was hilarious the whole day uh, and I they like fucked that. up the css of it and made it all like rain <laughs> go- it was crazy uh it's pretty funny nice finally uh he talks about his love of audiobooks and listening to world war z and r recommendation um how much interest does there be from you or the audience for a virtual audiobook club it'd be cool to pick one genre Book every month or so. We all listen, then give your take with our feedback. What might even be cool from a business standpoint is hopefully Audible would throw some love your way. Even for people like me who are already members, but definitely have downloaded at least one book in your recommendation. Any
2: interest in a book club from you? You know, it would be super cool to get like, do you know about these Steam accounts, like these review Steam accounts where like all of the games are unlocked? Just like very few people have them. It was mostly games journalists like back in the day when Steam launched. Okay. Got these accounts where just everything past, present, future is unlocked, okay, You can play it all. I think it'd be sweet to get that from audible. <laughs> I would love that they would throw that our way to the do golden old, to do a book club podcast. It'd be great huh. uh and yeah, I kind of am interested in that because i've been I've been trying to read a little bit more lately because mm. I realized over the past like ten years I haven't read hardly anything
1: mm.
2: uh so i audiobooks aren't really reading, but they're about as close as I'm gonna get on a regular basis. Hmm. If I could start listening to those instead of podcasts, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah, I... I'm I'd almost, almost rather do a regular book club <laughs> yeah, well I mean I don't think you, you could do either or you could like if you want to read it okay. like I'm not going to yeah, yeah. shut out people to read it you know <laughs> oh oh you didn't li- no you didn't, no uh, fuck you man you didn't man. hear Roger
2: Dotry's amazing right. voice in this sorry yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> you can't fairly ap- really appreciate this Uh, I kind of interested I so I'm rereading Patrick O'Brien Speak of the Devil yep yep and I thought about having a book club and this might even be bigger than like wider than Bald Move but I thought about like doing a chapter a week discussion of the entire series as a podcast. Hmm. And that would take the, a long time. It would take a... F- well, mm, most of the books are 12 to 20 chapters, and there's 20 of them. So, yes, okay.
2: <laughs> it would take a very long it'd time. It'd take a very long time. Like 10 years? No, Probably no, five to ten, 10 years. years five five or years, Somewhere
0: yeah. like a five... It'd be a five-year mission. These are the voyages the of
2: the HMS Surprise. Uh, I think it'd be cool. I'd, I'd be in on something, but... It, it would have to be quicker than that. Like, I wouldn't want to spend five years on a single series of books if I wasn't interested yeah. necessarily in the subject.
0: I don't know if it will work Yeah, as a weekly or a bi weekly, But I, I was kicking around that because I would like uh, to do something like that because I do love reading. But uh, we thought about having one as a forum-based one.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was going to suggest if people, if there are a bunch of people out there who are interested in this, they should let us know on the forums or something.
0: Yeah, maybe in this Q and A thread. Yeah, there's an other other media thread that would be great for this. Or there might, there might even be a books forum. Hell, I don't know. I only created it. <laughs> uh, did you skip a question about books? No, that was just a book question from I Stephen did. S. From Steve, what what is it?
2: Uh, he says he asks about some of the fiction and nonfiction books. Oh no, no, I, I I moved
0: that around. You moved it. Okay, I moved sorry. That down to okay. better group the other question, uh, Jenny. Uh, said oh, congratulations, shit. and I really like time travel movies. If you could go back in time, what time period would you travel back to, and why?
2: Christ, where is this one? I've lost. I've lost. The I thread. just moved oh, the there one question. I swear okay. to God. Okay, uh, I couldn't come up with anything, man. Like, I'm not going back to the 80s. I was born in the 80s. Oh, I know what the 80s I'm are thinking like. Like, I'm not going back to prehistoric times because I die immediately. That's. the I'm not thing. going back to the old west because I die immediately. <laughs> like, that's the thing, like. I feel like there's never been a bear- better era.
0: Yeah, I, I would be more interested in jumping forward 200 years. Me too, Although, yes. you run the risk of an irradiated wasteland yes. of bullshit where everything's dead.
2: Uh, but if you're going to go in the past and die immediately anyway, why not? Um, go forward and take your chances. If I
0: if I had a gun to my head, I'd probably say 17, 18th century age of sale, because I find that where people were still discovering, actively discovering things, but it- Okay, you know, yeah. like you could go find islands and birds and trees that no one's ever seen before and get into, you know, like the world was still a big enough place that traveling it was interesting, but you also had the beginnings of modern, phys- you know, like you it just you know it would be really they, cool? There was some medicine and the, you know, there was they had laudanum, so like if you had to get your arm, arm amputated, it wouldn't be a, a, a terrible thing. <laughs>
1: At least you would remember
0: it.
2: No, I feel like I'd probably die pretty quickly. But I think, like, going back to the construction of some great cities would be really cool. Mm. Like, seeing them as they were in their most vibrant, non-touristy, like, Mm. native states. Yeah. I think, like, if you go back to, like, Rome Mm. during the time when Rome was a significant power. Yeah. Be so interesting to see that. And where would you want? I mean, because that's a huge period of time. Like, do you want to see the founding right. of Rome? Right. Or do you want to see huge.
0: Rome in its glory? And then how do you define Rome in its glory? I want to see Rome the Republic, when it was. When it was, an impo-
2: when it was imperial? It, all good questions. And I don't know the answer to that. Huh. But I, I would want to see some of these great cities like Paris. What did Paris look like? uh when it was kind of at its height you know when it wasn't the tourist spot mm-hmm. that it's become now which yeah. i guess you wouldn't have to go that far back for that honestly a few hundred years sure three four when did the eiffel tower get three four hundred is that too
0: like right before the eiffel tower is built uh, i mean it's pretty fucking touristy eiffel tower yeah brought a lot of people dark up. de triumph gotta go pre-napoleon what would what do we want the, when it was just a, a shithole farm town no, no, that's too far back. Post catacombs. Oh yeah. Pre oh, yeah. post catacombs, pre Pre-Eiffel Eiffel Tower. Tower. Hell yes. Nailed it. All right. There you go. <laughs> uh Fern wants to double dip on this. What were your favorite cartoons growing up? Maybe your top five. I know growing up, uh one of these suggestions, Dragon Ball Z, not one of Fuck, them. Fuck no. I kept uh, I know growing up you were banned from watching a certain cartoon, so I'm curious as to what you did see and what you took risks to see because you loved the cartoons. So here's how it worked. When I was about 13, 12 to 13, my mom had to go back to work, which left me in charge from three, you know, from three o'clock until five thirty six o'clock, which meant being the eldest. I, I was able to make decisions on what we watched, and what we didn't watch. And uh, I was fairly generous in the especially if they would like if I you can watch uh, fucking Power Rangers if I can watch Gargoyles. But right. I will say that the Disney Afternoon was a mainstay. Oh, you yeah. You can't go wrong with DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, Rescue Rangers, Tailspin. Are you kid Gargoyles. So three of those
2: are on my list. I wonder I, if Gargoyles still holds up.
0: I've wanted to go and find like a Blu-ray to see if that series holds up like I think. Because I almost put it on like Batman the Animated Series tier of pre-adolescent television. Like that – Batman, right, the Batman, Batman series is, is amazing. It's better than it had yeah. any right to be. Yeah. Uh,
2: so I had I had a list. I I don't know if it's like the age difference here or what, but I okay. had a list. Well, sure. We were like four or five years apart. And I feel like a lot of my a lot of stuff I may have been slightly too old for while watching Same, with, and some yeah. of it too young. I don't know. But as duck- a
0: twelve year old I don't think DuckTales is your primary, but I still thought it was there was enough Oh, I think it is. Really? Yeah. I feel like thir- once you're once your balls dry like thirteen, you're supposed to be on the slightly more mature things.
2: I don't know. I love DuckTales and I I mean DuckTales ran for what, four years, three years. Well, I, I don't years? know, a long time. In the late eighties. A long time. Yeah. Uh, that Disney afternoon though, you're right. It was killer. Uh,
0: But the other thing is that I also had some exceptions, like my mom, she was down on magic and violence, but there's a sci-fi exception, the Star Wars exception, the Star Trek exception. So I made full use of that, like Bionic 6 is a really cool art show that had like an action figure line that I quite enjoyed. Silverhawks, which are these cybernetic space police dudes that... Somehow I could fucking summon wings from their arms and fly in outer space. Never even heard of uh, Mask, Mobile Armored Strike Command. Had, I, didn't, uh, I didn't watch any of these. Yeah. Transformers, I think she let me watch for a while until it got too violent because it was... And I still, I can remember, like, again, like, you know, like I'm... I, they're just robots killing each other. Yeah. Is this even violence? Yeah. When they said that Jehovah hates those with the soul of violence, I don't think he's talking about robot on robot. I'm like, what does that even mean? Is yeah, chess f- <laughs> violent? <laughs> like, yeah. Would she let you I watch... I used to uh, get in debates with some of the elders, because they'd get pissed. they get pissed at, like, us fight, playing VGA planets, because it's this galactic... And I'm like, It's okay, about war. Is... Ch- is, uh, is chess too violent because you're trying yeah. to kill this king is if is checkers too
2: violent is it competition where does you it don't stop
0: like? like no it's just stuff you're old man and you don't understand
2: this stuff and that's why you don't like it yeah uh no but i i feel like most people my age would answer you know the staples teenage mutant ninja turtles gi joe transformers couldn't watch any that. of that shit yep. uh so my list as i have it written here is ducktales rescue rangers forgot about darkwing duck that should have been on the list Super Mario Brothers sh- Super Show, which was a Terrible. shit show, but I was so young, sure. I was like six, seven years old, yeah, and it was like the best thing ever, because I loved Mario That's Brothers. That's on Netflix, my five-year-old loved it. Right? Because if you love Mario Brothers, you're going to love that show. Sure like what my mario brothers came to life yes yeah and there's a cartoon that's just as good as the games yes mm-hmm. captain lou albano <laughs> and then every friday we're gonna get zelda and the zelda
0: was str- the zelda i felt like was the reward for the older sibling <laughs> to put it up with the rest <laughs> yeah. of the week
2: yeah it was good zelda was, was good uh and then i have fraggle rock you remember fraggle rock i did not watch fraggle
0: rock. i think i was uh, too old see so yeah, i like that also uh, when that was a nickelodeon or maybe cable OK, because my didn't dad refused to buy cable. OK, we had like, cable. I didn't have cable till I was like 20.
2: I until I'd moved out. <laughs> and then the final one, Muppet Babies. Oh,
1: Muppet Babies is, is classic. great. Yeah.
0: The Star Wars spoof. Uh huh. Still uh, still holds up. It's a great show, even if you're an adult. Uh, Second question, Uh, me being a New Yorker, I'm curious to know if you've been to New York. And if so, what did you think of the Big Apple?
2: I have been been recently. Uh, my,
0: I've been three or four times, and my opinion is it's too big. Yes, me too. Like, I, it's, it's so beyond the scale of which I'm used to human settlements. Like, Chicago's almost too big. Chicago, I think, is the Goldilocks zone of cities for me. Yep. Indianapolis, a little too small. Cincinnati,
2: a little too small. Mm-hmm. Chicago, New York, too big. Chicago, just right. It's mostly about getting around the city. And I feel like Indianapolis and Chicago, or Indianapolis and Cincinnati, Chicago has it all over them. Just with pure public transportation. Yeah. Uh, New York obviously has a ton of that, and it's great. But I feel very claustrophobic after a few days in New York. Sure. Like the city's closing in on me. I even do with love Central Mu- Park. Like Central Park's
0: awesome. The museums are awesome. Yeah. Uh, I love those things about it. But actually, living in that city is kind of <sighs> terrifying to me. I couldn't do it. And like, you got to specify what borough you're talking about too. Sure. Like Manhattan's
2: very different from Queens, Brooklyn, or Brooklyn. Whatever, versus,
0: yeah. yeah. So I and I don't like I don't know it enough to even say the Bronx. Yeah,
2: I forget where my dad grew up. He grew up there, somewhere the Bronx. around there. No, in New York City. I don't. Mm. I would sorry, never know. Not New York City, New York. People from New York are gonna get all over me for that. Uh, so here's two questions
0: I might have put together, and it's going to be a long philosophical conversation. Jesus, we're not. Oh, well, right. This is going to be so long.
2: It's it's almost two hours already.
0: Oh my god! Let's keep it going. Keep oh my god! We do rolling. part a? Okay, here we go. Nope. Uh, I've always wondered. Wait a second. No, I'm, I've lost my place. Shit. Uh, Lay, uh, Stephen S says, what are some of the fiction and nonfiction books you guys would recommend? Lay cabbaged on that and said also apart from TV and movies, what is the other media that shaped your worldview? What what other media is there? Video
2: games and books. Boom. Yeah, <laughs> those are my two. Like books. Video games don't shape my worldview, but books do. They don't? I mean slightly, in the idea that like what's possible with technology, but not like oh, I saw this amazing philosophical question that made me really think in this Yeah, I guess you're right. Super Mario that. Brothers game. Like But there's some video games don't
0: do that high brush shit. There's some of the, like I like The Last of Us and the Shadows of the Colossus, I think approach that level of but like, I, And, I, and yeah. if you're like a 17-year-old and you play The okay. Last of Us, I can see that being yeah. the first time you're exposed to a story of that type and the fact that you're mm-hmm. in it and you're making these decisions would be
2: extraordinarily powerful. But I grew up in an era where video games were pure entertainment. They had no message. They barely had characters. Sure. That sort of thing. Yeah. So video games didn't shape me. Uh, TV, movies, and books. Mm-hmm. So do you
0: want to... Do you want to talk about anything in particular? Because that's the thing. Like, I have no idea, like, what fiction so, books to to read and not read and,
2: and nonfiction books. I feel like there's a bigger question here, too, later so, on. So, yeah,
0: Lee says, to both of you, I always appreciate the nuance you bring to discussion, your take and the philosophical questions you ask. Often hear from one of you a perspective I hadn't considered before and it blows my mind. So thank you for doing that. I very much appreciate the thought-provoking ideas you put forward. So my question is: Is your worldview something you actively have to cultivate or educate yourself on, or did your worldview just come out organically? If the former, where should we go to be more like Jim and Aaron? Oh, Jesus, this is hey, a, you don't want to do that. This is yeah, this is a question that is going um, to have a horrifying answer or is a smug, self-serving
2: answer. Right. I'm going to try not to be either of those. Um, so. I didn't really realize what I was doing when I was doing it, uh-huh. right? I, I got out of this religion thing, and I was like, why doesn't any of this appeal to me? What am I doing? Who am I? That sort of thing. And uh, some of the books that really kind of brought into focus what I thought about that stuff and why I don't believe it and and shaped who I am are like, Crisis of Conscience was a huge one, but that, that kind of is specific to Jehovah's, Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witnesses Jehovah's and Mission. my particular background. Uh, another great one that I think would do anybody good is uh, *Demon Haunted World* by mm-hmm. Carl Sagan. I think if you're if you're questioning, you know, um, the the rationality and the supernatural stuff of the universe, that's mm-hmm. a great one. Um, and Carl it, really any of Carl Sagan's books are fantastic on that. But that's one that I read that really kind of brought into focus. Okay, none of this makes sense to me, and this is why. And he's laying it all out. Yeah. And then stuff like 1984 and some of the fiction stuff I read by like, I I got into Dean Koontz for a long time. Uh Uh-huh. And Winter Moon was one of the best ones I read, but that didn't shape me. That Mm -hmm. was just like, that's a cool book and it's scary as shit. Uh, So I've been out like seven
0: years and probably two or three years before that, that I kind of figure out that this was all bullshit. And so I guess if you want to have this, uh, you're essentially asking what, how to cultivate a curious worldview. Um, And I would like, what I, what happened is I had a deeply held worldview that I was utterly convinced was correct. And then Mm -hmm. I was demonstrated that uh, it was demonstrated to me beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was in fact wrong. And it wasn't like one of those small things where... You know, it's kind of like, I guess, going from being a Democrat to Republican, like you completely changed your worldview on so many things. Like, is there a higher power? What are you here on Earth for? What is your morality? What are your ethics? Mm -hmm. And I also realized, like, just how deeply ignorant I was about so many things. Um, The good news is, is like there's never been a better time to fix those things. Um, But it takes a lot of work. Like, I... When I first stopped being a Jehovah's Witness, I sat down and I wrote like a forty or fifty-page Word document that said, "Here is everything I know about the world, specifically how it relates to God and what I think God could be based on other major world religions. What I knew about them, and and if He's like this, is He worth serving? But if He's like this, then how, you know, like like what? How does that inform my view of like hell and Armageddon and things like that?" Um, And then I just kept building from there. Like I remember one year it's like I want to figure out economics. So I went and I followed a whole bunch of economics uh, people that were on Twitter Mm -hmm. and started following them on the New York Times from all. And you can't just limit it. You have to, in fact, go and find I need to find two, three conservative ones. I need to find two or three liberals. I need to find two or three kind of radical out there, and you need to yeah. just pay attention to what they're writing, and then, as they make predictions and make bold statements, you have to remember that and track like which ones were right and which ones are wrong over the course of years until you can start to build your own worldview mm-hmm. and then another year, I was like, I want to figure out foreign policy. And you start doing the same thing. You find out where the thinkers are and people are writing opinion pieces and you watch a bunch of political shows and you start keeping track of who says what and who's right and who's wrong over a course of time. And you then just never – and then you all you take deeply held fundamental beliefs and you examine them from the other side knowing that there's only two possibilities. You're going to be wrong and you're going to come out from that – with a more accurate understanding of the world. And that's a value or you're going to have a stronger conviction in what you believe.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. And then you just never stop doing that until you date the day you die. Sure. So you <laughs> stay curious. And I think that that ties into kind of, you know, the, the process I was going through after getting out of the religion too, is I, I was really trying to figure out how to tell what's right and wrong. Right. Mm. Like how how to discern truth from fiction. Yeah. And I feel like, that's also a good place to start is that kind of fundamental layer. Yeah. Um, if you can find a lot of places that talk about reason and logic and, and rationality, I think that that gives you the tools you need to decide um, a, your opinion on a lot of things. Yeah. Like, does this make sense on a fundamental level? Yeah. What they're saying to me. And I, that's kind of the the biggest tool that I feel like I've developed after getting out of, of religion yeah. Um that is that has served me. And I'm I'm still grossly ignorant about all the things you're talking about, like economics or whatever. Uh-huh. Um but like on social issues, I feel like I've come a fair a fair amount toward what I think is a good worldview, but I sure I just don't I don't know how to instill that that sort of desire in someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Like I I feel like on a certain level you're either curious or you're not. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to change that in someone. If you're not curious, you don't give a shit about all this stuff. Sure. So you're right. Why are you going to go else looking?
0: Is wrong and it's just dumb to even, it's a waste of time. Yeah.
2: It. So, like you were saying, your your impetus was holy shit, this I was worldview wrong about just everything. fell apart. Yeah. yeah. What else am I wrong about? You were kind of kicked in the ass and forced to say, well, I need to become curious because this is clearly wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's still but like...
2: But I don't know, I, aside from a. a completely life-altering experience, how do you do that? Well, that's the thing. Like, I guarantee everyone listening to this podcast is
0: wrong, deeply wrong about something.
2: Including the hosts.
0: (laughs) Including the hosts. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to find out what that is and fix it? If you do, then the only thing to do is to keep, like, questioning your assumptions and... Like, you know, don't always fall in line with the with whatever the the party or whatever the popular thing is. And don't be too quick to abandon your viewpoint. But also don't when you start feeling that cognitive dissonance, like pay attention to when you feel cognitive dissonance. That's the feeling Mm. that this material I'm hearing is not right. Like you get an angry or a frustrated or a stubborn reaction. Pay attention when you get those things and follow them. And see where they go,
2: yeah, and ask the question, Why do I feel the way I feel? Yeah, I feel like that's super important too. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's that's it's um, keeping
0: yourself educated is 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 tough, and you know, there's a lot of great things like I, um, and you can't know it
2: all, is the you can't the know other, it all, the other problem, but right?
0: But you can, like, you know, what like, like if you're on Reddit, like, prune your front page, get rid of gaming, and you know what the fuck and picks and like go oh yeah go with ask science and and ask
1: science ask
0: science i've learned so much from ask science it's amazing yeah and uh science and
2: you know what i don't like though i don't like the the snippets the science snippets like here's an interesting fact about science because it doesn't factor into my overall like understanding of science that's why i like ask science because it's a it's a question someone's asking and then you have
0: like verified biologists and physicists and mathematics ah, okay. and then you have conversations between those people yeah yeah Where like it's i mean i like other than hanging out approach, at mit but... or caltech or stanford i don't know where else you get to see those conversations take place yeah yeah um so yeah like but it's it's a lot of work um and it's frustrating, and you always feel like you're wrong or you're missing something. So you have to kind of get comfortable sure. with that feeling uh, as well. Uh, shall we move on? Yeah. Shum asks, as a former full-time missionary for the Church of Latter, uh, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a.k.a. Mormons, we had a bit of a rivalry with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Hmm. I believe I once referred to them as Satan's version of our church. I also remember on several occasions picking a street to knock doors on only to find the J-dubs had just been there. Mm. God damn it. They're always
2: up so early, Mm. beating you to the punch. Mm. Yeah, we're
0: up. We're up knocking on doors for you guys to get on your bikes. (laughs) Uh, What do you guys remember the general attitude being towards Mormon missionaries and Mormons in general when you're still in the Jehovah's Witness clutches? Same as every other religion? Just wrong? Yeah, but I actually had a professional respect. Okay, because like, yeah, we got you guys knocked on doors and you got doors slammed in your faces. And in fact, yeah, Catholics don't do that. When I lived in the town part of Mooresville, I got quite a few Mormons and I was would invite them in and not like because there's like a lot of times you get invited into as a Jehovah's Witness to some deacon at some fun at Pentecostal church. And it's like. (sighs) we're going to sling scriptures at each other for an hour and no one's going to learn anything. And it's not going to like, i always like just invite him in. And like, I, I try to not do anything douchey and just have a conversation and find out more about them and talk about their perspective. And, see what they do and get a little more philosophical and some of them then. were cool and some of them were just like wanting to stay on the script and but you know it's hot outside in the summer and you could use it you could use some iced tea right
2: make everybody else sit in the car for an hour while yeah. you. yeah except for the ones that some they're some always AC. like they always went
0: at two by two and they always rode bikes yeah. and where we're from
2: backpacks and white
0: shirts the backpacks shirt. white shirts black ties and and the bikes where we're rolling deep in the Witness assault vehicles, the, sub- right.
2: the Chevy Suburban. But I think is offici- the essential witness vehicle. Officially, it's like they're the same as everybody else, right? Yeah, they're part of uh, Babylon the Great or whatever shit. Yeah, they're talking about your and- Satan's version of us, or sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They essentially thought the same thing.
0: But you also got to remember that I was always a liberal witness. Jesus fucking Christ! That scared the hell out of me. Um, I need to change this to less dramatic ringtone music. Yeah,
2: know. or turn it off or something.
0: Uh, what was I saying? Uh, I was more of a I was more of a liberal witness. I mean, I think the younger you are, you kind of are that way anyway. So, like, yeah, I yeah. never was like, if you talk to a Mormon, your mind might get corrupted. Or that's how. That's probably why I'm not a Mormon witness anymore. Because <laughs> I'd read mm-hmm. books and and sometimes they'd they'd slip in the cracks. So yeah uh barry okay zombie apocalypse is about to happen where you are right now and you have 24 hours head start on the rest of the world before they find out the apocalypse conforms the walking dead universe rules
1: Hmm, okay so we
0: don't talk to each other (laughs) under any circumstance we say what we're really feeling or thinking or seeing we don't share information Hmm. uh what's your plan of action where do you shack up who do you tell what do you stock up on most importantly other
2: than guns what would your close combat weapon of choice be plan of action. Well, so there are a few things you need in the zombie apocalypse, right? You need food. You need Mm -hmm. weapons. Mm -hmm. I'm including water and food. Uh, And I guess you need some kind of shelter. But so, (laughs) I mean, they would probably... Not take kindly to you going and holding up a Sam's Club twenty four hours before the apocalypse starts. But you're ready.
0: You've got twenty four hours notice that you can be ready to be the first okay, one. to Okay, so stay you're in the parking plane. lot. You're waiting. Yeah, it's like it's like you're waiting uh, for them to shut down the like lights. When they get a new iPhone release. You know, you're okay. ready except for with guns.
2: Yeah. Uh, so so I feel like yeah, taking over somewhere that's solidly built. Sam's Club or Costco always yeah. seems like a really
0: good solution
2: with a ton of preserved food. Yeah, you're good to go. Yeah. But you'd have to have a small army. Yeah. So that's why that. you tell relatives and friends and stuff. And you, Yeah. I mean, the trouble is, can you get them on board, right? Like, uh-huh, 24 hours from now, the world is going to go to shit. And mm-hmm. that that's the challenge, convincing them. Also, it seems like
0: it's, it's hard to defend that in the sense that, like, what if someone just starts a fire
2: on the outside of it? Well, it's probably concrete. I don't know that it's going to do much to a Sam's Club. Yeah, I guess so. I was just always saying, like, it seemed like to be relatively
0: easy to deny. Like, even if you can't have it yourself, mm-hmm. as well defended, you can deny it from someone.
2: You probably ram trucks through the side of the Sam's Club. Sure,
0: there's a there's there's See, you're already poking. Get a garbage yeah. truck and just drive right I think through if, cinder block. If
2: you had some assholes out there, sure, yeah. And that you would. You would. You'd have tons of assholes.
0: But I don't know. Like, if you, like, uh, so you, you set up shop in the the Sam's Club. And I've always thought, like, Sam's Club, because they've always got the girders and stuff. Like you could build, like, a, you know, yeah. uh, plywood. You could set plywood across those and have, like, a treetop level. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, anyone who tries to set foot in there, you just blast. Yeah. And uh, you do that a couple times, people get to word.
2: And I think you could establish a perimeter around the thing where, mm. like, we got snipers on the roof. Uh, you come to the parking lot and you're done. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get close enough to drive a truck into it because sure. we're going to take you out. Well,
0: and you could get, like, you know, start building, you know, perimeters in the parking lot, like, just physical barriers
2: for driving. Yeah. I'm an like- apocalypse isolationist, frankly. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm inviting a ton of people. I'm inviting close friends and relatives. But the problem is Sam's Clubs are in urban centers. It's because true. the other thing yeah. is,
0: like, my granddad's got that 150 acres down in Spencer. That's that attractive, nobody too. nobody knows about. It's, like, miles down a gravel road. So long term, I feel like that's a
2: better option, right? Because you can grow stuff.
0: Yes, you can be Sam's Club,
2: you're looking at, like, can I grow something on the roof? What's going to happen here?
0: Well, I mean, to be frank, you're going to, like, you and 30 people could eat for years on the canned goods that Sam's Club has alone.
1: Because you're not true, talking yeah. about
0: like a 32 ounce can of stewed tomatoes. You're talking family size, a 256 ounce can of stewed tomatoes. Like you pop one of those up, you set it on fire, and you're drinking. You're eating stewed tomatoes. Here's what you do,
2: <laughs> and canned meats. So, so your money is useless, right? Money is useless. So I think you like. I don't there's know. Clothes if it's... and shelter in Sam's Club. Like there's always clothes. So you overnight, you overnight a whole bunch of stuff to yourself, right? Oh. Like a whole bunch of canned food. Go into debt. Because you're never going to have to it off. Yeah, use as much debt as you can. Use all your credit cards, use your savings, everything to order in overnight canned foods, uh, weapons, whatever you can get. Mm-hmm. And then take that stuff with you to the Sam's Club, mm. right? Like just fill a U-Haul truck with it or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Or maybe since we got twenty four hours of plan, we find out where the truck routes, the supply routes for like the you know the Sam's Club. Yeah. There's a, there's a semis coming in and dropping up pallets full of that shit. Yeah, you jack all of the semis in that twenty four hour, and you drive them to some like everyone's got yep. their own semi that they have to flag down and jack. And then, and then you, you can drive use it. the semis as defense too, you, right? Yeah, park them Flip around the perimeter. Those fuckers over, and you got a wall. Perfect. All right, now we got a plan. We got a plan. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got a plan. We just have to tap into the Sam's Club Supply digit, uh, and Command Logistics Depot. Sure. Uh, It'd be or, pretty easy, or Costco. Right? It doesn't you, have to be Sam's You call Sam's up Club. and you say,
2: hey, uh, you guys were out of stock of this. When's your next shipment come in? They tell you. They tell you right away. They want us to get a sale, right? Mm, uh, I don't know. Or I'm looking for this game. When does the shipment come in? But that wouldn't tell you about like...
0: Which cause the that the the thing would suck is if you, you end pull
2: up getting PS4s and
0: Yeah, if you pull over to truck that's got loaded <laughs> PS4s and baby clothes and parkas yeah. for the wind. I guess parkas would be okay. Be swimsuits. Okay. So yeah, It's yeah. all swimsuits. And uh swimsuits. And uh Wolfgang puck branded pots and pans. That would be the worst. The worst <laughs> truck to jack. Um all right, let's move on. Kiss my grits. Yeah. Uh, did you guys nearly come to blows over the True Detective podcast? Jim was not feeling it like Aaron was, and some of your interactions are distinctly awkward. <laughs> in the best possible way, of course, and I can clearly see you guys are besties, but it was funny to hear. Uh, not really. I mean, we just have a difference of opinion on Like, we got heated sometimes. in some of the philo- phil- philosophy, but... Yeah. Not like we do on other things. Now, we Those did, are
2: debates, not fights, right? We did
0: come to, not blows, but we did have some pretty intractable arguments about how to proceed with the coverage of True Detective. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know, we resolved it. It happened and we were both pleased with how it came out. I don't even remember what sure. they were. Cause so, Because so you, you're always wanting to do something for, like what I would consider frou-frou with the sound and format and I'm always wanting like no one gives a shit about that. It's you information. want meat potatoes. Yeah, it's 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 like anything that is not interesting content or funny content that is not being served by it being more interesting or more funny is wasted time that we don't have because we're chronically always out of time. And your yeah. f- position is, ah, yes, but if you can increase the production values in the presentation, it will enhance the information and make it more entertaining and funny And I'm like, I but I don't personally like that's your guy who skips intros. I'm the guy who like if you have a beautiful introduction with music and all this stuff, I'm like skip, skip, skip until I hear people talking. So like I literally am the
2: worst person to have that argument with. And I'm the guy who like who says, oh, well, that sets the tone for the podcast, right? Like you need the upbeat intro if that's what you're going to do. You need downbeat think if you're gonna have a somber conversation i i don't know so yeah I, but you know our our philosophical debates are just that they're debates right they're not mm-hmm. like there's a difference between de- a debate and a fight or yeah. an argument and there's also like you know um
0: i don't think you're crazy for making a statement like russ cole is psychotic or like the nihilism is a, like a useless point of view to have. Like I disagree, but not to the point where like you're a, you're a mouth reading idiot. If you think that
2: way, it's a difference of opinion. Yeah, I think those are, those are valid, both valid opinions. Uh, also for Aaron, you're a feminist dude and I love it.
0: Was Cecily the key driver of this or something else? Um, props to Cecily because she's the best. Love her on the live plays and orange is new black. Well, thank you for the compliment. I would say that I was a feminist before I met Cecily. And in fact, that's probably one of the reasons we clicked hmm. because um, I imagine, you know, not being from a minority, I imagine it's interesting or it's refreshing when you meet someone that's kind of well-versed on what you go through as a struggle and what the down things are and is... Uh, you know, at least informed if they can't fully understand it, at least, you know, you don't have to explain a whole bunch of basic concepts of what it's like to be a woman. Um, But I will say that I think, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of, you know, Cecily and I have a lot of philosophical philosophical conversations Mm. as we're watching entertainment and doing things. And she certainly helped me refine my positions on a few things. Mm. But, um, you know, that's one of the reasons I am a feminist, because I think, it uh and i define feminism as um, the the social economic and uh political equality of the sexes i don't believe okay. like we're trying to make women the new rulers or anything like that and I, and and people are like well why don't you call it egalitarianism cuz because, because women have it worse than men do right now and if you don't and if if you are ignorant of the topic to the extent that you're going to that uh, uh, to advance something like white men are actually the most repressed minority in America today.
2: Oh my God. You, I,
0: there's no real place for us to start the conversation. Like you sure. haven't done the basic Googling, the stuff we talked about, being a curious person. Yeah. Like really Google, like find someone that doesn't agree with that and like look at their statistics and keep doing it until you believe it because it's not, it's the truth,
2: brother. It's the truth. Yeah. I'm uh, a little more of a stickler for labels. And so I, the the term feminism when used in the, all of its context are it's a little strange to me and i think equality should be more of a goal but but you laid out a definition of feminism that i don't think is the actual definition of feminism oh my god you're part it's, of the problem <laughs> uh i'm, I'm all it i'm, is, I'm for the equality it's just not like Feminism is not a label that I would use particularly. Well, I mean that's, you and, know, but but I'm a stickler for labels. I think they have a definite meaning and they need to be. Well, I would also think that, that feminism context. has
0: been has been demonized oh, for certainly. the last hundred years ever since the suffrage movement. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's never. Uh, you know, these w- reasonable women are asking for equality. It's these fucking harpies trying sure. to ruin the world because their lady brains can't comprehend politics and economies and
2: i don't think we disagree on many of the principles yeah. I, th- I think we disagree on the label
0: and that's All right. well my thing is i don't have right? i don't have patience to debate labels with people sure. so it's like you i so i like that's why i don't go to egalitarian like no i'm a feminist because if you can't yeah. handle that label and you want to quibble over it then it's like ugh, i we already need yeah. to move past that sure. i forget what i was saying I'm
2: willing to move past that.
0: This is why it's so hard to be a feminist because you get derailed on things like labels and right? like people that are well-meaning allies and whatnot. And I'm not a perfect one. Like uh, I got into, I stepped into it with Kelly a couple of times with Orange and the New Black, hmm. um, which wasn't necessarily comfortable for me. But my position is, as a majority it's never going to hurt me to shut up and listen to someone talk about their actual experiences without having to try to dismiss it or say why that's not true or why that's a special pleading in this case or whatnot. Sure. And you know, most of my becoming a feminist has been kind of listening to women. Yeah. What they say about their experiences and being
2: horrified by them. And everybody is, is somewhere along a path to understanding. Right. So like, Maybe, maybe my sticking point is a label thing. Maybe I'm not far along enough because I still choose to label it as something that sounds better to me. Um, mm-hmm. But the important thing is, yeah, you're going to be wrong, and you're going to step into it. You're going to make an ass of yourself every once in a while. But as long sure. as you continue to question, like, why do I think the things that I think? What is this person's perspective, and how am I, how am I either invalidating that or making excuses for that uh, in my own? perspective and experience i think that's something you have to continually question and as long as you're doing that i think you're making progress right yeah like it it, just just don't be hard-headed about this stuff try to understand where someone else is coming from and i think you're on a road to to being a successful human being yeah try to be be empathetic
0: yeah uh then finally she says are you guys coming to walker stalker con in london in february of next year There's a London Walker Stalker Con. There is. They're taking over, man. I would love to go to London because I think it sounds like I would love to go over the Atlantic, period. Me too. Um, I've never made it across the pond, but... I doubt it on my podcast or salary and no. they're not going to pay my way. So
2: we can't afford to drive six hours to
0: <laughs> it's not possible. Stalker. I looked it up. It turns out. Yeah. Uh Google said, go fuck yourself when I tried to play oh, to it. drive to London. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there isn't a ferry across
2: the Atlantic. We got the James Bond submarine car maybe, but there I don't go. have one of those either. We'll put, we'll put, we'll drive into a cargo container. Mm. We'll put it on a ship, stay in there for three weeks while it crosses the Atlantic. And yeah, uh, but no, maybe one day,
0: uh, flash Gordon, what have been the best and worst moments for both you and the bald Move adventure so far?
2: I think the best moment for me was probably breaking bad fan fest. That's what was i going to say too. like, I, it was like just every day. Like this it's is an really honor happening. to be nominated. That sort of thing. Like, yeah. I can't believe they asked us to do that. That's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, and like getting to meet those celebrities and kind of coordinating those, um, those panels was really cool. Sure. Yeah. I just felt like a, a big part of that. Yeah. You know, and that was amazing. I just like as a Breaking Bad
0: fan, I always say this. Yeah. Uh, going out to Albuquerque is attainable. If you're a real Breaking Bad fan, it's super attainable and super rewarding because they mm-hmm. have an economy out there that will get you what you want for very reasonable. Like what the Breaking Bad tours, like 75 bucks to yeah, ride on the fucking RV and hear a guy who is involved in the production talk to you about the behind the scenes detail. And he'll play you the video of the location that you're visiting right now. Like, and, and I feel like it's, you know, I'm not paying, I'm not getting paid shit for this. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like there's going to be a breaking bad fan fest anytime soon. Um, because it's super expensive and hard to put together. And Jenny and Miguel, my heart goes out to them for all the work that they did for it. Um, maybe one day, but I feel like you should go sooner rather than later. Because just the way the nature of things are going to move on, like it's already changing. Like that car wash will not be there in the form it is in five years. Jesse's house has already been sold, and the garage has been moved. It's oh, it's you know, it's like if you want to see those things, and like maybe Combo's corner will have a Taco Bell on it someday. Yeah, Uh, it's already amazing how much the Los Pollos Hermanos thing had changed. So. Yeah, I would go, and I'd go now because it's a cheap vacation, and Albuquerque's fucking awesome. The food is great, the city's cool, and you can also nerd out over Breaking Bad. Worst moments? Do we have any worst moments? <sighs> the what Mad split. Uh, oh, that was, was bad news for me. I didn't like it. I didn't like being on. I didn't like being on the bad side of either of you guys in that negotiation, and I felt very helpless and sucky. That's probably the worst moment. the The part where I was like, "Man, this sucks." I wanted to find a solution yeah. that made everybody happy
2: and there wasn't one. I mean, honestly, most of this stuff has been super positive. Like I, I struggled to come up with a really bad moment. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good one yeah. The split. There is about as bad as it's gotten, but I feel like, I don't know. Another great moment is just the moment where we realized, Hey, we're going to do this full time. Mm-hmm. That was just, it was surprising on one hand and just amazing all around. I didn't, like, go back in old school.
0: I remember, like, because we were about to give up podcasting when we did Breaking Good and, like, the modest goals we set. And then I remember how fun it was to, like, look at our downloads every day and, like, oh, my God, can you fucking believe how many people are downloading this thing? (laughs) Like, something we looked at on a daily basis because we were roommates at the time. And we'd be like, did you see the downloads? And we'd, like, we've got Instant Messenger, like, oh, my God, do you see how much email we've got? (laughs) And, like, those... Those were really cool, heady days, too, before we even I mean, that was just when we were in it for is cool to share our thoughts with other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, like other than the Mad Brew thing, that's about it. Um, I mean, it's, it sucked a couple of times when we thought we we're going to run out of money sooner than later. But that's always like, well, we'll have to stop doing bald Move. But I wasn't like afraid I'd lose my house uh yeah. or something like that or afraid i'd get kicked out of the apartment
2: oh here's here's one uh it kind of sucked when we missed out on this spotify thing because we were supposed to be part of this spotify launching their podcast mm-hmm. um to whatever they're doing yeah uh but it turns out the way that we structured our hosting we couldn't do that and it kind of sucked to miss out on that because i feel like you know we would have gotten a lot of attention as far as like oh but here's here's part of I mean Spotify themselves certainly did and I think yeah. some of the podcasts involved in that did. Yeah. And we might have had an opportunity there. Yeah, we might have been so got a little sucks.
0: bit a little bit bigger being on that that part of that platform, but
2: Yeah. Eh. But I, ultimately that's not that bad. Right. <laughs> uh let sucks see. when I lost my leg. <laughs> that that part <laughs> when the mic fell on me and I just <laughs> oh I got a leg cramp. <laughs> right? Been it's podcasting happening to
0: too you long. too. Uh Travis says um I think we've been asked this before, but it's been a while. If you're given the ability to cover any show from the get go, uh not sure whether to grant you a time machine or bring the show to you if it wasn't being made during a time when podcasts were happening, either way we're bending time here. What's the show? And if you choose that choice of the wire, would you be what would be your second choice as you have kind of discussed the this capacity in the past?
2: Lost. Lost. I think be that would have awesome. been huge. Yeah. I think the X-Files... It would have been Donald
0: Trump huge. X-Files would have been potentially even bigger. Uh, Maybe so,
2: yeah. The loss was
0: big from a rating standpoint. It was huge, yeah. I just remember how, how crazy... Like, back then, the internet was fucking Usenet. And I remember how crazy alt.rec.xfiles or whatever it was was uh-huh. at the day. And that was when, like, the internet was really shitty and hard and... I think it would have been a great show to podcast over. And it also we've also talked about how fun it would be to kind of like stay with a ship as it's going down. Like to just get <laughs> either just of those cha- shows, just channel. Yep.
2: Yeah, no, just channel the <laughs> community's outrage about it and uh-huh. kind of ride that wave would be fun. And also the the puzzles, right? Like those shows were both kind of super mysterious yeah. and you wonder what's going on in the yeah. long term. And that would be so much fun to try and piece it all together.
0: Modern day, like, I feel like we kind of missed a boat with Mr. Robot. That would have been good podcasting. Yeah. Anytime you get a show that's compelling and also has mysteries that's asking you to solve. Yep. True Detective Season 1 uh would have been mm-hmm. really good to cover, uh, you know, as it's been released instead of retrospectively. Those are the ones I, I kind of come off uh, thinking of. All right. Yeah. Uh, second, this is kind of stupid, but if you had could have beers with any TV character, who would it be? Uh, what do you think? I I came up with Raylan Givens and Boyd Crowder. God damn it! But in their coal digging days. Oh, okay. You know, before, like, you know, when you could just go to Barclay and you, and just have them kind of philosophize and go back and forth and not necessarily have the menace of them trying to kill each other. Okay. It.
2: Yeah, that's a good answer. I, I was going to say Raylan Givens just because I feel like the conversation would be, you know, as sporadic as I wanted it to be, yeah. right? Like, you might sit there for 10 minutes and just sip your whiskey. mm Then, you know, strike up a five minute conversation, then go back to sipping whiskey. And I've, Mm -hmm. he has a little bit of that antisocial sort of streak in him. Mm -hmm. Just like saying what needs to be said and leaving the rest unsaid. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, I also thought Russ Cole. Oh, Christ. He would make you think.
0: Yeah. Like kind of like (laughs) an intense, like just. That's an entirely different question. with his nihilism and stuff. And uh, Lester Freeman from uh, The Wire i think would be good. which one to, was he he was the guy that carved the wood the doll furniture
2: oh okay yeah and and tracked down the, he was like the old discrepancy and you end up finding that he containers. was essentially
0: mcnulty that got busted down a long time okay. ago but he still got the chops i thought he'd be interesting probably uh spooky cat who do you think are your top 10 female characters in tv history uh she says okay that's a little too much pressure or maybe it's a guy. Just ten female characters you like a lot. No repeats, please. If Jim says one, Aaron can't say, and vice versa. We'll get 20 kick-ass women from you guys. Um, so 20 is so fucking much to ask. This was actually hard <laughs> to do, which is kind of a point. <laughs> you know, speaking yep. of feminism and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I haven't seen Buffy, Alias, Chuck, Dollhouse, or any of that other Weedon-y kind of bullshit. So yeah. those like, you know, those are kind of like, you know, strong female character watchwords. I haven't seen any of that stuff. So you and I compiled worked together on a list. I, I,
2: I just thought of one that we forgot. Who? Nomi from Sense8. Oh, I haven't seen that.
0: So there you go. She's great.
2: All right. Uh, Zoe from
0: Firefly. Yeah. Sarah Connor from the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Okay. Skylar White. Controversial pick, but... If you look at her as a fully realized, three dimensional, believable female character,
2: uh, yeah, who was self actuated, I think certainly, yeah. Speaking of Justified, Ava Crowder, yeah, come on, give me the other Justified one, uh, Winona. I didn't put Winona just because she's she's kind of a minor, minor, and plus character. she was she was part of the
0: worst plot line of season two.
2: <laughs> she did make she almost gets a really disqualified from that. Mm-hmm. I will
0: say that she's great for the inversion of the trope of the. The female companion of the antihero has got to be a stick in the mud bitch. Yeah. Yeah. She's a really good answer to how you can go a different direction. That character just miscuss Arya Stark. Yeah. Jadzia Dax.
2: Okay. Sure. Not, not Dax light, not new Dax, old school, <laughs> classic Dax. Yes. Dax light grows into her, her own role, but, uh, yeah. Jadzia is the real Dax. Dax. Uh, Two from Daredevil, Karen Page and Claire
0: Temple. I yeah, thought they can argue with that. Awesome and a great direction to take take things. Kima from The Wire. Oh yeah, for sure, badass. Uh, and and just as much of a pussyhound as uh <laughs> as <laughs> Mcnulty as any of them. Yep, uh, Michonne from The Walking Dead
2: less of a character but still getting
0: but i you could say that in season two certain well season three certainly i feel like that they've done a lot with her with her flashbacks Mm -hmm. and kind of going seeing what's going on in her mind and as she's interacted with carl and rick like i feel like she's definitely a real three-dimensional apocalyptic character i
2: guess i'd just like to see more sure more of her uh nora durst from the leftovers yeah Yeah, she's she's fucked up but everyone's fucked up on that show (laughs) everyone is yeah
0: uh, Molly Solverson from Fargo season one. Good one. Spectacular character. Uh, Claire Underwood from the House of Cards. She mm-hmm. is also kind of fucked up. And but she is a really strong character with lots she of doesn't... flaws and lots of strengths. And yeah, uh, played expertly by Robin Wright. Good stuff.
2: Uh, Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. Okay she's a bit of a buffoon but
0: you know everyone on that character she's likable yeah like like nick offerman's a baboon too i like him too (laughs) yeah not a buffoon a baboon okay sure uh in similar vein liz lemon from Uh rock great female character and also you know another way like a lot of people say females can't be funny these women hilarious absolutely uh, Kate McKinnon from SNL. I know you don't know her, but she's been on the new cast the last two, three years, and she is phenomenal. Hmm. Like, she's right there with the Amy Polars and the, uh, uh, I've drawn a blank on Liz Lemon's actual name. Tina Fey. Tina Fey's and, uh, all the greats. I think she's going to be one of those. Are those, is she a character? She's not a character. No, that's a, her, that's the actress's name. But she yeah, can do anything. So. She can do a spot on Justin Bieber she's got a really good uh the wow. chancellor for germany angela angela merkel oh my god she's so good she's got this like russian peasant woman that she trots out whenever putin's doing something in the news uh she's just really really funny uh lana from archer truck of yeah yeah <laughs> but
2: as much shit as she has to put up with too
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah Uh, Vanessa Ives from Penny Dreadful. This was a me, not you, because I don't think you've seen it.
2: I don't know her, yeah.
0: Dana Scully. Yeah. Dana Scully from X-Files, of course. The
2: skeptic, sure. I like her already.
0: uh, uh, this was a you, not me, Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica.
2: Yep. She doesn't take any bullshit. She's a take-charge kind of woman.
0: She said, I will say that she made the biggest impression out of uh, anything in the first season that I watched. Yeah. Uh, Michelle from California what's the most amazing, funny, enjoyable or unforgettable moment you've had in ball move history I, again, you know Fan ha- Fest I, I, there's like 10 those. different moments from there like being at Tajali uh, eating dinner with the the location manager and yeah. uh, Victor and Alex Crazy 8 and, eights and sure. all those guys and just kind of how cool they were that yep. was uh, and then, you know, meeting Al Godo the st- stunt coordinator and this. Yeah, just meeting that many people that 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 utterly convinced me how passionate they were for what they did and kind of made me feel better as a fan. Hmm. It was really cool. Indeed. Uh, There's another question. If Matthew Weiner was to create either a Mad Men movie or do a Mad Men sequel, this time set in the 80s and you were brought in as a character, what would your character be and why? I'd be the coked up 80s version of Stan.
2: Stan. Oh, okay. Yeah, you would.
0: That'd be like, you, you know, in the art department and I'd be, you know, drawing, drawing crazy things and storyboarding stuff and, and doing rails of Coke.
2: That sounds about right. Yep. How about you? Uh, I think I would be the, the Tom Smakowski, the guy from office space who is the liaison between the tech guys and the, in this case, the admin. Oh, you're so a like, people
0: person. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> God
2: damn it. What the hell is wrong with you people?
1: <laughs> what should you
2: understand? I'm a people person.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, you'd be.
1: Because
2: I can. You do realize that means you'd be reporting directly to Harry Crane. Sure. That's fine. Oh, that's fine. Well, I mean, Harry Crane. I, I don't even know if it, you'd have a Harry Crane esque person, I guess, in there. Yeah. It's just the eight. Well, I in guess the eighties. Yeah. He'd be a more powerful,
0: set in his years. ways, lecherous, fatter. White Castle sack <laughs> packed on version of himself. I wouldn't. I don't mind. know that you thought this through. I, w- I wouldn't mind the White Castle, but yeah, you're
2: right. <laughs> He'd be a nightmare. Uh, Luke asked us: Kirk, Picard, Cisco, Janeway, or Archer? Come on, come on! I'm a child of the '80s. I'm going to pick Picard. I all day every day. That was my opinion as a young man.
0: I have since switched allegiances to Kirk. I think Kirk wiped Picard's. Come on, man! No, come on. Kirk, Kirk is just going to shoot one. his way out of everything. Kirk is the only one that defeated the Kobayashi Maru simulation.
2: <laughs> only one in Starfleet history. It's true. It's true. But he had a shorter run than Picard. Shorter run? Picard Picard f- fended off the Borg by himself, man. Well, okay, Wolf 359 was not a singular effort, but... Kirk made peace with the Klingon Empire. Yeah, because Picard fought, got his
0: ass kicked by the Borg a couple times and fought a bunch of rear guard actions, but... I feel like Picard made peace with the Klingon Empire as well, didn't he? Captain James T. Kirk was made a starship captain while he's a virile 20-something green Orion girl fucking captain. Yep. Captain Picard all of his hair gone before he got his first command. All of it.
2: Singular focus. Gone. He he didn't have time for the love making bullshit with green. No, He's
0: playing on his flute and and doing space archaeology <laughs> and collecting weird burial Poetry masks and, and bullshit. Yeah
2: sure shakespeare I, he's a more more well-rounded character yeah this is more why kirk would person. beat his ass because all kirk wants to do
0: is hey man we're not debating who would win in a fist is, is fight con starships and fuck women
2: that's it if we were debating who would win in a fist fight you're right kirk hands you <laughs> have the double hammer yeah, you would shatter picard's spine but i think picard is a better captain all right i think he's he's less liable to fly off the handle and do something reckless it's gonna get his whole crew killed
0: Which is why he would lose, because Kirk absolutely would throw his crew into the meat grinder and win.
2: I'm just saying, Picard survived an encounter that Kirk did not. What? The Borg? No, no, no. Uh, Doctor, what's his face? Oh, when old-ass Grandpa Kirk got (laughs) Uh, uh, teleported to the future. Wait, wait, wait. Old-ass Grandpa? They're both old-ass Grandpas in that scene, man. I guess that's true. Come on.
0: All right. Uh, Okay, then below that tier... So we got some jostling at the top, clearly. Sure. Below that tier, it's Cisco, right? It's Kirk.
2: Yeah. Well, the-
0: <laughs> okay, asshole. <laughs> Below that, we have yeah. Cisco. Yeah. Come on. Then Jane Jane Le, Janeway, yeah, and then Archer, because I don't know anything about Archer. I saw like three and a half episodes, of and Enterprise. they were all terrible. And fuck this shit! I'm out. Yeah. Uh, and Cisco... Janeway is a. Te- I will say Janeway's a terrible captain. She's a terrible captain. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Like, like Jane Wasey <laughs> Captain. I stopped watching like three or four seasons in, but no, like I just the decisions she made were not in her crew's best interest. Or, and that's the other thing. Like, if she could uphold the Federation law and fuck over her crew, boy would she ever. But mm-hmm. if she could throw Federation law out the window just for whatever, she would. Like, so mm-hmm. inconsistent. Just a terribly written character. Ugh. Can I say
2: that Cisco really grew on me? the second watch through. Deep well, Space yeah.
0: Run. Like I, the first two seasons, I was kind of like arms crossed side on him. Like, you're not Picard. You're not fucking Picard. I, I liked when he, when he shaved his head and grew out the goatee Cisco arrived.
2: Like, I, I don't know what else to call this. When but they went like, through the purple jacket. this. Yeah. yeah. But Cisco has like this rigidity to him that I really like this. Mm. This idea that in the face of obscene pressure, mm-hmm. he won't buckle. Mm hmm. Because when Worf takes his pants off, on, I mean, on aside, the bridge, aside from the Borg, like, you know, Picard got captured by the Borg, whatever, turned into a fucking got Borg. Got tortured by Romulans. Yeah. Well, Cardassians too, right? There are four lights, that sort of thing. Oh, that was a, that was, you're right. That's a Cardassian. Yeah. So like, but, but, you know, Cisco just flat out fought one of the most terrifying uh, alliances right of the front lines. The Federation there, has ever yeah, seen. Time, yeah. Sure. With and, just the Defiant.
0: Yeah was just something barely bigger station? than a roundabout, Define. I mean. <laughs> it was pretty impressive. It was hand-designed to fight the Borg, though. It's not nothing. Yeah. Uh, blade of armor for the win. Uh, Superman, my question as a first-timer on the forum uh, is in relation to your cult background. I worked for a Scientologist a few years ago. This is the last question, by the way. Oh, and then we're God. Done. I worked for a Scientologist a few years ago who forced us to do weird exercises where we had to stare at each other <laughs> every day at the Baldwin Studio.
2: Is that legal? I don't... I don't know that you can do that. There's legal, and then
0: there's what people will put up with before they actually file a claim with the uh, the Department of Labor. Uh, I also, I even had to visit the org for a quote-unquote course. Needless to say, I no longer work there. (laughs) My question is, if you had to choose a cult to join now, whether real or fictional, i.e. the guilty remnant, what cult (laughs) and why, or if you prefer to start your own cult, what kind of weirdness, awesomeness would you require to be a member? So... As a former cult member, I cannot really even endorse this mental exercise. Like, <laughs> I'm not talking yeah. cult. Like, so, like to answer your question, I'd probably join the Rastafarians. Oh. Uh, because is that a I cult? think I think they. De- so there's cult as defined as like what Jesus started back in the first century and is now a major religion. Okay. Like you know this small kind of following of, of of people, and then there's cult as defined by the bite model where they. Yeah control the information. They control your behavior. They control who you can uh, uh, spend time. I forget all the... the what is tea? Uh, I don't you know. know what technology. Uh, teeth. They bite you. Yeah. They literally, that's <laughs> the bite model. They bite your ass and they don't let go. But if you go and research the bite model, there's a clear mm. model of if, if you if you want to know if you're in a cult or not, does it fit these this, this model where they try to put you in this mental box and keep you there? Mm. Uh, and I feel like the Rastafarians... Uh, Every time I study them, I find that they are very fascinating in their philosophy and how they approach life. And also they smoke weed, um, which I, and, and it's Wait, actually part of do? their religion. They like, you know, spark the herb in the chalice and they, then they reason, they reason Mon, two feet long, they reason sure. with each other because it's like, you know, it's like they don't just get high and they actually uh, play Mario Brothers. Yeah, they get high and, and talk about social issues and, and justice and, and whatnot. Um, they have kooky right. beliefs, but that's like the fun definition of cult. Yeah. A real cult like Scientology or Jehovah's Witnesses or Heaven's Gate, what have you, are terrifying, and no one no one should be involved with them. Agreed. We did joke about starting a bald move cult and and retaking uh, Beaver Island
1: because
0: mm-hmm. uh, that's the other thing about Beaver Island. It's, <laughs> it's it's I'm not making this up. It was colonized by. Uh, So I guess after Joseph Smith died, Mm -hmm. you had the uh, Brigham Young, and he actually wrested control. And then you had uh, this Strang guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, King Strang. King James Strang. James Strang took about 4,000 of his Mormon apostles and disciples to Beaver Island and formed a commune. The whole island was nothing but but Mormons, and, and he ruled as a king there. Uh, as a no shit king for like four or five years, and then uh, was sh- assassinated. And then a gang of ruffians comp- comprised the mostly Irish. of Irish Catholics yep. drove the Mormons from the island and set up shop. And and, sure. and it still has a distinctly kind of Irish bent to the island. Uh so we thought it would be amazing to drive the Irish from the island. Well, we started with our like cult. wouldn't it be funny if we like had like a bald move meetup out in Beaver Because it's a great vacation spot. Like once a week we just like take it over and they were like, Ooh, Beaver Island might it's like, you know, we're just like these guys and we have this following and there's gonna be a few hundred, maybe thousand <laughs> people show up and quote unquote take over the island. Like they might might get assassinated and 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 get the irish tufts to run us off again i don't know we'll see in five years when when the first bald
2: move meat happens on beaver island i find it really hard to believe that there were ever thousands of people living on that island where where is the settlement where is the where are the buildings that kept them alive through the winter they all crumble i mean this wasn't that long ago
0: i mean like i because that's the other thing like all the other islands were inhabited up until like the last 40 years and i guess like
2: The Earth reclaim, yeah. It's like I'll let you know because next
0: year when I sail to like Garden or Hog Island or High Island, I will let you know because I'm going to seek out the the ruins of the the there's schools and mills and churches and all this stuff. I just didn't see any of that when we were out there. You can find it. Like there's a couple things here and there, but most of the stuff, um, you know, like the harbor town, still there. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. That is because. I don't know what like what its peak population is in the summer, but only like three hundred people say they're year round.
1: Hmm.
0: But yeah, I bet the earth reclaims a lot of its shit. There used to be a railroad. Fucking railroad <laughs> is gone on that island. That's just to move blowing. logs hmm. around. Uh, so that's it. That did you? Yeah. Do you have a cult suggestion? No,
1: I, I stay away would, from
0: cults. Stay away from cults. Cults are bad. Okay, that's my suggestion. Anyone that has the key to happiness. Uh, and and all you got to do is follow him and give him your worldly possessions. Put your hand on your wallet, and back away slowly. <laughs> that's that's my advice. Yep. Uh, all right, that's it. That's for ten million. Thanks for all the cool questions. And if anyone actually listened to the end, thanks for sticking with us. We had a lot of fun. Um, I don't know what the next mile is like. Ten million. One hundred million. One hundred million, million. No. Like it'll take us about a year. I, at the rate 20. things are going, it'll take like another year to get another ten million year and a half i guess like we're you just mentioned today
2: like we're almost to 11 million <laughs>
0: so i'm like fuck this is yeah. crazy
2: i don't know well whenever we feel it's appropriate we'll do another one of these
0: yeah yeah maybe and there'll also, be some other kind of milestone you know not to not to sell y'all but we do this thing called lunch Jim around where you can pop in and ask us questions with the google hangout q a app anytime you want yeah for as low as a dollar a month as i mentioned. Uh, club.baldmove.com see how I worked that advertisement in it's good stuff starting to level up this marketing advertising thing Uh, we gotta go though so thanks for joining us and uh, we will see you guys next time
2: see ya bye (laughs) what was that I don't know how long was
1: that fucking thing